Hey, everybody. I am Chad Eckert, and that is Eric Martins. That is Josh Bennett, and this is the Golf Guys program. Cracking beers on Thursday evenings, enjoying ourselves as guys talking golf. This week, we're, oh my gosh, yeah, cracking. I have a Surly Furious. If you're on YouTube, you can see that. If you can see Josh showing us, he's not even drinking beer, but he's cracking. Bud Light. It's Bud Light. It's a retro tie dye. What is seltzer? Cherry beer? Very good. That's <laughs> what it tastes good. like. What does it taste like? Cherry limeade. Is it like candy? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Sounds delicious. Yeah. But wait, I got I got one of these just in case we need it. Oh yeah, you'll need that later. This will be a long program because there's the after show, so stick around for that. That'll be fun. Uh, the Golf Guys program is not sponsored by anybody. It's sponsored by me. Uh, I'm a real estate agent in the state of Minnesota, <laughs> so if you need that, you can uh, reach out to me. Or Josh, if you need tax services, he's a man sponsored that can do that Josh, nationwide. Am, am, I, am I not correct? You can go anywhere. You are correct. Anywhere. Anywhere. Uh, and then except, we got our main- Apparently, except New York. New York's oh. off limits. Okay. Um, different story for a different time. Perfect. So then, Martins, you can teach people how to play guitar. Yeah, if you want. Or <clears throat> I'm not available for hire for any professional uh, performance. Can you do that over the internet? I if can. I had a guitar right here, could you teach me how to play guitar from there? In theory, yes. Uh, depend on the limeade situation, but yeah. Your uh, limeade situation for you or me? <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not worried about, I'm not worried about me. I know how to handle my limeade. I'm not. I'm not all right. I, oh, all Martins right. is good at drinking and playing guitar. We know that. <laughs> That's a real thing. This takes a lot of years of practice. Uh, this is the <laughs> Golf Guys. This is the Names and Reasons show for the PGA Championship. Ha, ha, ha. Joke's on you. It's Thursday, May 12th. One week ahead of what will be the end of the first round. We're here. We're live. We're doing the PGA Championship because we're on Thursdays now. And whenever we feel like doing something, we do it. And tonight we're doing a names and reasons pod. And guess what? Then next week, next Thursday, we're going to switch it up completely. I've got a special guest. We're going to go into an in-depth of the PGA DFS Twitter space. Who's out there? Who should you follow? Why should you follow them? Why should you not follow them? We're going to go into the entire PGA DFS industry with another person that's involved in the industry and that's next thursday so yeah uh nice. who another person that's involved in the industry is derek darbo and he is a golf guy cheers to you mr darbo sweet spot cheers, DFS. Guys. no beers for me tonight unfortunately okay well that's okay cheers anyway oh cheers hmm. <laughs> welcome darbo tell us have you started any of your research for the pga championship because we want to just kind of do a first look tonight did you do anything to get ready yeah for i I, I prepped a little for this, but other than that, uh, I've not done anything for myself. Okay, well, here's the idea, is that we've normally come on live Tuesdays, right before the tournament begins on that Thursday. So we've got, you know, a couple days before the tournament. So we're talking ownership. We're talking pivots. This is Thursday, May 12th. We may not have the option of looking even into ownership. We're going to project and decide to think about those thoughts. I've got strategy parts of the pod, you know. Sometimes playing in a major on DFS PGA is a little different than playing a regular week. Got to talk about a little bit of that contest selection. Also, we're going to go into our names and reasons. We're going to talk about, we're going to go through the board. We're going to, you know, go off on tangents. 
maybe we'll have a special guest or two. Who knows? Sound fun? Sounds good. Show yeah. the screen because if you're on YouTube, you can see me sharing the tippity tip top is Scotty Scheffler. He's eleven thousand four hundred dollars. There are two golfers over eleven K for the PGA championship field. Scotty and Rom. Are you surprised? Darbo to see Scotty Scheffler just above by two hundred dollars above Rom. Kind of, yeah. I mean, like okay. no don't get me wrong, Scotty's won four times in the last two months, two and a half months, whatever it is, but outside of that. I mean, I guess I'm not ready to like give him the number one spot. Sure. Despite it's weird. Despite He's his won a wins. lot and you're kind of reluctant to. Martins, what about you? Did you go to the tippity tip top in your brain when you first opened up the board here? Did you think I gotta go to Scheffler? Because Martins, you're a top of the board guy. You're a favorite guy. This is gonna be hard for you to choose. Can you take both? Well, you know, I, I have Scheffler this week, so I, I did the tippity tip top, and he's fine right now on the Thursday at the Byron Nelson. Who knows what's is he going to catch up with Sebastian Munoz? Who knows? Hell you know no. what the fuck? He it's might. Possible. We can debate whether or not he cares. You know, oh, you guys had that. Want to go there already? <laughs> yeah, I, I had. To, I had to. I had to. I had to. But, but no, let's not go. But no, yeah, Sheffler, fuck. I mean, his at the PGA, what it's a fourth and an eighth, and his two two tries so far, and he's. <clears throat> I mean, what a you know, and every every uh, PGA is a different course. So that, that could be nothing as far as course history, but I mean, like we, he shows up at majors. We know this. He just did. He's, sure. he's going to continue to show up at majors. Scheffler at 11, four uh, is probably is a viable play in my opinion. I don't care what okay. his owner is going to be. And I'm, I'm going to go to the tippy tip hop, but I, there's other people here that I like as well. It's hard to choose. I mean, everybody's good, but I don't typically go to the tippity tip top. I fade the TPG, the top price guy. That's my mantra or my mantra. That's kind of what I do. I probably would never even play anyone at $11,000. That will just hinder my fifth and sixth guy. So I don't, I don't necessarily like doing that. Jish, you don't give a shit. You go to the tippity tip top. If you like the name, it's your model spits it out. Will you go to it if it's Scheffler and Rom or their number one, number two? Are you going to click them both and have $6,800 left for the final four? Uh, not not if I'm playing one lineup, no. Mm-hmm. If if you're playing 20 or 150 or whatever you're doing, then, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're going to pick them. But if I'm going – if I have to pick six dudes and that's it, just one single bullet, I'm not – I definitely am not touching anybody above 11,000, I don't think. Okay. Um. And honestly, I'm probably not touching JT either. So, I, okay. I well, then we can I, talk about those three names. But I before think I we do, let me let me ask you guys. Uh, this is the PGA Championship. We're a little bit uh, into the season here. I mean, it's probably halfway through the season. This is the second major. We've had the players as well. Do we care about the PGA, or is it the one that we decided is the least important one? Jish, you're kind of a guy that talks about this in your life. Masters is the second worst. PGA is the worst. <laughs> PGA is the worst. I think it's just because in the past, the, just like watching the PGA is just not as fun as what. Like when you're when you're watching the Open, they're playing on historic golf courses. They're usually long. They're hard. They're rolling balls into the fescue, and you think mm-hmm. it should be in the fairway. Like that's fun. The U.S. Open is kind of similar. They play on like real hard courses and they make it difficult. So that's fun to watch. But the PGA is like, 
it's like average difficulty. Like the courses are very long, but they don't, it doesn't seem like they're trying to like make sure you're making bogeys every other hole, but it's, so it's like very average in my opinion. I, I, okay, don't, well, I don't know how I, it's going to work this week, but. Right. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know much about the course Martins. Do you know about Southern Hills? Are we into the fact that it might be hard? Are we okay with that? Cause last year, Phil won, I think it was like two under or something. I don't remember. Maybe I have the leaderboard right here. I mean, it's not. Um, we're, let's be. It's not going to be. Under, the winner will not be twenty under or fifteen under. The winner, if you shoot even par for four days in a row at the PGA, you'll be just fine. Do you like that, Quagnus? Are you into that? Are you more like a birdie fest major? Uh, didn't the PGA used to be known as the birdie fest major that anybody could win? Or are yeah, we, yeah. is it over that? Or are we going to be now into like this hard? It's like a, a replica of the US Open. Yeah, that, that would be dumb. The PGA has historically, well, at least since I've been watching and paying attention, I mean, think about Jason Day. He was at, like, minus 20 when he beat Spieth by a couple of strokes when Spieth was, you know, on his run. And I can't remember where he was at. I don't remember where that was at. Whistling straight. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Remember, that, that was a birdie fest, and it was great. And that's fine. I don't mind the PGA to be like that because, like Josh just said, We've got the other two majors that are hard. We've got the Masters that can be a birdie fest. It wasn't so much this year, except for the fact that Scheffler owned the shit out of it. But um, yeah, the PGA, the PGA should be, you know, it should be just up for grabs for anybody. It's and you know, you could call that a. I don't know what you want to say about that as far as it's. Crapshoot. Oh, do you not like that? Then? I don't know. I don't know. I. I, I, I I, I was looking at it here, and we've got Rom, we've got Thomas, Kawa, Rory. Rory feels like, I don't know, he's poised to, you know. Oh, you want to get back to the names? Let's ask Darbo yeah, quick, though. Darbo, is this your favorite major or the worst, your least favorite? How do you rank the PGA Championship in your rankings of majors? I think a younger me would have thought this was the worst one out of all of them. Like, you know, it's a major, but it just feels like, you know, it's the fourth one. It's not the first one. It's not the second or the third. It's the fourth one. Um, but I think I've I've grown to appreciate it a little bit more. Um, I almost feel like most people, from my memory, uh, which I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but it just feels like most of the golf courses they play are pure. There's no gimmicks to them. There's no, okay. you know, it's, it's, it's kind of straight in front of you. I mean, I'm looking at the past golf courses they use like tpc harding park when colin morikawa won that tournament that was fun you know obviously there was that drivable par four that he eagled to end up you know going and winning you had beth page black where brooks won you had bell reeve where brooks won as well they're great like when and, and whistling straights i was at that 2015 whistling straights and like being there is different than watching on TV, but I love that golf course too. And we got to see it with the Ryder cup as well. It's to me, I, I guess I, I've grown to appreciate it more as I've gotten older. Do you know anything about Southern Hills? Are we looking at the same kind of course that tiger took care of uh, back in 98 or whenever that was? I'm not looked into it. No. Okay. I'm only hearing that it's going to play far, kind of hard and it's longer than it was then. And it didn't play very easy then. So Apparently it's going to be a hard course, which is great. It's good. It's 
what majors should be. It shouldn't be this kind mm-hmm. of a 12 under Munoz birdie fast that you're getting this week. <laughs> no, they will make sure it's hard too. Like if, yeah. if the first day, ha- however they set it up, it, like you said, it's longer now and they, they like redid the course a little bit. So there's like different bunkering and stuff, but whatever. So already going to make it harder, but there, if the first day goes by and there's like a bunch of people shooting five, six under they're they're going to go out there. They're going to start rolling greens. They're going to start like they might put fake trees up or something. They're they're going to make it harder. So like what, whatever they have to do like that, the golf course is going to get harder if they have to. They're like 20 under is just not going to happen. They won't they won't let it happen. Why do you think they, they want the best golfers to prove that they're the well, best? You also have to so. remember all the majors are ran by different organizations. For sure, so the PGA Championships, the PGA of America. It's not the PGA Tour, so Correct. PGA of America has its own standards that it wants to live to. It's not the USGA who is like, no, even par is our winning score. I think, right. I think the PGA of America is just going to make it a up to standards. You know, I don't okay. think they're going to make it tough. I think Southern Hills is all, just automatically going to be tough. Um. Is, but I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll roll the greens to make it tougher. Well, that what I what I'm saying is that like if it turns out to look like TPC Craig Ranch, they're gonna <laughs> be like, hold on a second, and they'll fix that. I mean, they don't. They don't want to be fifty nines. Correct. Yeah, in a so that that was my point. Or yeah. Uh, now, okay, back to the betting board or the DraftKings board. We're talking through that. We're on YouTube. You can see that on there. If you're on iTunes, you can see Scheffler. He's 11-4. He's at the top. We talked about him and Rom are the 11K guys. And then you have JT, Morikawa, and McElroy. They're in the 10K range. I did the first look a couple days ago. To me, it seemed like Rory stuck out as the one that maybe shouldn't be in the 10K range, but ultimately... I think you can make a case for most of the names in and above the 9K range to make it any price. So it's going to be hard to pick or to choose. So did you have a choice between these three, Quagnus, Thomas, Morikawa, and Rory? Are you going all in on Colin again on PGA Championship? He's going to get another one. My my lean is, is Rory. Because of his experience at the PGA, you look at – yeah, JT, he's – you know, he's been successful. He's won, and yeah. but man, at ten thousand, that's a discount. If we're talking yeah. about the you know the guys in the five figure range, and I mean he's he's trending well. Sure. I, mean, I haven't looked at the strokes gain stats, but I mean if we look at the results, which you know tends to show you things. Rory, man, oh man, and he's probably frustrated that he can't finish off the, you know, the, the slam, the 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 career slam. So fuck it, let's go out and win an under PGA. <laughs> what about you, Darvo? Are you in the same boat? Are you going with Rory? Because I feel like Rory's going to be the one that's under owned in the 10K range. Under owned, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to JT or Morikawa, that's just in my gut. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I. I actually do like Rory here. Um, okay. or I shouldn't say here. I haven't done any research on the golf course, but I'm not afraid of using Rory. I think 10000 sure. is an actual good price tag for him. Okay. So. I agree. Maybe I'm just overvaluing Morikawa. He hasn't been that great. We have seen him uh, so far this season 
a couple of times on the Dubai, you know, in Dubai and on the world tour or whatever that is. But <clears throat> other than the fifth at the century tournament champions, he had a second at Genesis. We've had a fifth at the masters. I mean, he's not, has he ever really been in contention so far? Uh, Colin, I don't think so. I don't know. Well, we're but but you're looking at the courses. You're looking at Valspar and the players, which we know is a hundred percent random. Uh, and like a lot of those other courses in there, like you you got to be sh- like shooting like twenty five under if you want to compete. So <laughs> I think a Genesis. We're, we're talking about a major now. So the so Genesis is the one that you can change. look at and right. you can take. Okay, I'm taking. You know. Maybe, well, maybe we can get a Colin at lower ownership. I don't know. Depending on how Justin Thomas does this week, are we worried about this weekend? Uh, they're playing right now, and I don't know how did JT do. He had like two under round or something today. So after the round one, again, we're Thursday at 9 o'clock at night on May 12th, a week ahead of the t- start of this championship. But at the same time, do we care what happens? Are you a guy that looks at that, Darbo? Are you? looking at what they're doing this week and waiting to see. That's exactly what the bucket system is all about. I do look at the the results from the week before. Um, and here's what I'll say. I either want JT to top 20 or miss the cut. If he finishes anywhere in between, I just, I don't have a lot of confidence in him. And it's only because of just looking at historical data. It isn't so much me looking at JT. It's, you know, I want him tomorrow to go guns blazing. I mean, you can go 10 under, 8 eight to 10 under tomorrow. I'm going to have a, a ton of confidence in Justin Thomas. But if he just makes the cut and then finishes like 45th, 50th place, I'm just, I don't know. I'm not, I wouldn't be sold on wanting to play sure. him. Have you, uh, Darbo, in this, in your... Oh, the 400, I guess he... Too bad. is okay. Have you... Uh, have you looked at so prior week matters? Is what you said. Have you considered how prior week matters compared to prior week running up to major versus prior week running up? I to have. 18? I have thought have about that, that, and it's something I'm going to do once I put my website together. Gotcha. Um, currently, it's just another worksheet I would have to put in place, and I I'm just I don't have the time. So, what sure. does your gut tell you though? I think it. I think you want to have good lead and form. Yeah, like I said, I, I want a sure. top 20 or a missed cut for JT. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. We're going through the names, and we're uh, – you know, you can debate them all. Uh, we want to debate real quick. Is it Victor Hovland, who is the lead of the 9K range? Is he the one that is the best without a major in his arsenal? Or is that Cam Smith? Uh, Xander's here in the 9K range. Cantley, he needs a major. Let's talk about that. Are you interested in taking Hovland at the top as a guy that could uh, check the box, get a major? Quagnus, are you a Hovland guy? I, I don't even know who I am anymore, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what makes you What makes you so angry? You said you were angry. Should we talk about why you're angry? Well, I click one guy one week and they suck, and the next week I don't click them and they're good. And it's just getting tiring. And I, I, I'm, I'm pretty good about having this, uh, not nostalgia. I was about to say that I have nostalgia for the times when I, I don't know, but no, God damn it. I, 
I don't know. God damn it. I think you're right. But you're I, a Spieth guy, clearly. And Spieth's 96. I'm a Spieth guy, but you know what? I'm I am, you know what I might do is I'm gonna root for the guys that need to win a major championship and Victor Hovland, Cam Smith, and fuck Xander because I clicked him this week and he's just god awful. I don't know. I never click him too. It's just people get tired of hearing this. He's got awful thing. for like one day. Did it really? Is it? He could shoot 12 under tomorrow. We know this. He, about the he won't shoot 12 under tomorrow. It's fine. But no, you're right. Oh, he shot even today. That's terrible. He shot even. That's so bad. Okay. Which I can't even shoot. All right. So we're, yeah. we're uh, not going to ask you then. Okay. So yeah. what about uh, you, Darbo? Are you into the major hunters? The ones that are more motivated to get that? in their wikipedia pages or are you do you give a shit or do you want experience because you can get spieth or dj or even hideki brooks there i mean we can talk about brooks in a second but are you a major hunter no what what ends up how i feel is like you you'll get to a certain age and if you haven't won yet that's when the pressure really gets to you but like someone like a hovlin he's too young he's not gonna he's not gonna worry about that he's certainly not gonna worry about it at this pga championship um, I also don't think Cantley is going to worry about something like that, nor is Shoffley, but I'm right there with, with Quagness. Um, I can't, there's something mentally going on with Shoffley that I, I'm not trusting him whatsoever. What the putter um, or what, what do you think it is? It's, it's all around. I mean, the, the 30 seconds it takes him to actually pull the trigger on golf oh, shots, yeah. the, the missing weird. four foot putts, like there's something going on in his mental space right now that it just doesn't feel comforting. Okay. Um, but yeah, well, the, the whole major hunter thing, Spieth, I think is actually as young as he is because he got here so quick. And this is the grand slam. This is the last tournament for him to get a grand slam. Mm. Um, yes. I think he's, he's now at an age where it, it, it does apply pressure to him. Okay. And I think he can say as much as he wants that it doesn't. I, someone like Spieth, it's it's gonna get to him, or it's it's there. The pressure's there already. So then, are you starting a lineup with Spieth at ninety six hundred dollars? Doesn't that feel great? I am still gonna wait to see what Spieth does this week. Okay, and and then obviously he started it, hot. He's five under, I think. Same thing applies with JT. So okay. I want to see one <clears> of so these guys top twenty or miss cut, and I'll become more comfortable playing with them. Jish, uh, is it Cantlay's time? I mean, ninety one hundred dollars. He's the chalk of the week. Is uh, that the click that everyone's going to use? Cantlay at nine one. I'm I'm guessing he probably will be. He's he's insanely good, and he he can score very easily. He he'll he can win like a tournament this week. He can he can go twenty five under if he needs to and win. But he can also go to a major like this, and if the winning score is twelve under, like it, he can. He can chip it around and win too. So I mean, he's uh, of all the elite golfers in the field. It, it, even if you scroll down even more, just a tad more, he's he's better than mo- like most of those people. So it's like, yeah, I, true. I I think a lot of people are going to lean lean to him because he's great ball striker guy, great scoring guy. Just I. And at 9,100, you can put him in pretty much any lineup you want. I, I think he'll definitely be super high owned and probably deserves it too, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Martins is a can't like guy. Well, he was. I don't, he can't figure out who he is anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Martins is sad. You know, who, you, you know who I think you, and you, you have not mentioned his name once. You have mentioned 
almost everybody's name on this list, except the one guy that I may start my lineups with, Dustin Johnson. I was going to ask you, he is uh, currently, where is he? He's like five under two. Um, yeah, he is five under through one round at the Byron Nelson. I think DJ has maybe found it again. He's got a little motivation. Uh, we know DJ, where was he uh, for a second there? He was a little bit lost in the sauce of getting married potentially. I mean, he missed Whatever. a cut at the Genesis. He's 25th. I mean, I guess he's. These are what's bad for DJ is like a 39th. Right. Uh, yeah. He missed the cut at the Heritage. We know. Uh, <clears throat> we know that golfers, they show up to places. They are obligated to be there because they're RBC sponsors, but their minds are elsewhere. They're intentionally missing cuts. This is a thing that golfers do. It is a known fact. Darbo, you'll agree with me because we already know what – Josh's opinion on the matter is I've had a text thread with him and Martins, but before they <laughs> chime in and influence the jury, uh, Darbo, do you believe that golfers now <clears throat> again, of course they show up, they're going to try hard for the first nine holes and then they're going to be like, shit, I don't have it. Or maybe they go, I do have it. And then they say, I'm going to try. But if they don't have it going, and they're Dustin Johnson with a million billion dollars. And you got your wedding uh, coming up. I don't know if he did intentionally miss the cut, but there are times where I've witnessed other names on PGA Tour, the high tootin' flouting names that with a $40 million and a bunch of sponsors. They go, mm, I'm here because I have to be here. Do I really want to be here? Not really. And I'm going to leg this putt up there, and I'm going to intentionally miss the cut. I've seen it happen. Darbo, do you believe this happens, or is this bullshit? Because Josh doesn't believe it happened. I believe it happens. Well, I mean, Phil Mickelson has admitted as much. He used to always just play the Shell Houston Open and, and just play shots to, to get ready for Augusta. He would miss sure. it. He'd miss the greens on purpose at certain spots so he could practice his short game. Like Daniel Campers. Danielle Kang also admitted that like a month ago she, that right. she did that. Now, do I think everyone does this? No, I, I, I think like the the mental people do. You know, like that. Well, I shouldn't even say it that way. I should say it more of like the strategists. They're the ones that want to. You know, I'll say this. I'll say this, Chad. Yeah. If someone is not playing well. I do believe they're just going to work on the shots that they're actually having issues with. Okay. Because that's yeah. going to matter more to them at the major than it is at the tournament. But I'm not saying they tank it on purpose. It's just they're going to, if their fade isn't working, they're going to hit fades into every green, even if the green isn't isn't meant to hit a fade into. To practice fades. Correct. In pressure situations. Yep. Now, Josh, what is your rebuttal to this? Because you're an actual golfer that it's good and plays in tournaments and stuff, so you might have more knowledge of mindset <laughs> but uh i'm just a guy at home drinking a beer watching on oh, shot my. tracker as justin rose uh goes in the water or oh my back acts up oh and now i'm out of here this happens well, here, here's my response to you on this chad that oh, we yeah. i've already said this. if you're playing golf and your back hurts you have done this we get in the we get in the cart we're strolling down the second hole. It, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but we're strolling down the second hole, and you are swinging your club, and you're like, "Oh man, my back hurts," and you hit a shitty shot. Well, no shit, because your back hurts, dude. So like, 
if if you are legitimately injured, like you're gonna not hit the ball well. So if if people are hitting shitty shots and saying my back hurts, that makes sense to me. Yeah, but well, what about I think an RBC what, sponsored golfer that shows up to the RBC a weekend ahead of his uh, wedding and he goes, ah, oh, fuck, I gotta be here. Uh, do I really care? I mean, what's the? I, th- what's I the think what Darwin was saying is is pretty on point of kind of how I believe things happen. That yeah. nobody nobody's signing up for a tournament and saying I'm just gonna sign up and just go and then mm-hmm. eh, maybe I'll do good, maybe I won't, and if I'm not, then I'll just like go on my yacht like uh, for the weekend. Like sure. nobody's doing that. They're gonna go there, and if things aren't working, then like like Darbo said, if if the fade isn't working, they're going to try and work on the fade. It's not like they're going out there like, well, I'm pretty close to missing the cut. So I think I'm just going to, you know, close my club face here and try and hook it into the water. And then I'll, I'll tell the media, Oh shoot. I accidentally hooked it into the water. Like, they're not doing that, which is what you're suggesting, Chad. <laughs> they're, they're Wagner's, out there trying to like, make birdies, what? What? but Wagner. like Eric, Come on, baby. You're you're raising your you've raised your hand like seven times here. What do you he got? A lot to say. I think I think I think I found the medium point between y- you and Chad's <laughs> thing, which I, I, I we I don't think we have a meeting point, but I hope this works. No, the the, the meeting point that I, and I think that you'll agree with this is that there are grinders, there are people that are trying to make money, and then they're like they're all trying said, to make money. The, there are the pampered fucks. Then, there, then there's the guys that have the option to, you know, because there are requirements being a part of the PGA Tour. You have to play a new tournament every year, every four, five, seven years. years. Yeah. Exactly. And you have, and then who who was it uh, within the last year or two that violated that? It was it was Spieth. Spieth, yeah. It was fucking Spieth. Yeah, So like we're we're talking and we're talking about a guy who's not worried about money. And, and so I think that that does play a role, and I think we have to consider that. And it's just another quagmire that, when it comes to betting on golf, and uh, whether it's DraftKings or if you're bet- just betting, you know, the various things that you can do. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a, biz- a bizarre situation that we find ourselves because we have no idea what their motivations are. And- just like Eric, we do not know ninety. 90- Nine thousand? What is he? Brooks Kepka is nine thousand dollars, and he just withdrew. How do we know why? Why did he withdraw from the Byron Nelson? Brooks Kepka has had a lot of injuries over the course of the last few years. We know that, but the major coming up after missing the cut at the Masters, after having a shitty time at the Players, God, this guy was—he's not very good anymore, is he? Darbo, are we off Brooks at a major? Because that's what we've been told the last few years. Take Brooks at a major, and he's nine thousand. He's going to be on her own. I don't know, man. I <laughs> I hope we hear something from like. Wouldn't it be nice? The, the Golf Channel. I hope there's some reporting that the asks Golf Brooks. Channel. The PGA, <laughs> the PGA report, <laughs> something. The PGA reporting is so fucking bad. Like it's so fucking. It's bad, just dude. like we you we get no information. So like he withdraws from the Byron Nelson, and it's there's no information. Like we're reading this on the screen, just says eh, taking a break. Basically, it's like yeah. is he hurt? Does his toe no big reason. toe hurt? Is this, is it? Does he have to have a back surgery? Like what? What are we is doing? It his knee? There's just nothing. Him? There's just nothing. Right. So how we have no? We don't know anything. So is it this worth is a the big risk problem? Then? 
What's is it worth the risk to grab this guy at nine grand and then you I, say, okay, I'm I'm in on Brooks and I'm depends how many lines you're playing. To be honest, I think really the but One. the best thing to do is wait till Wednesday to build your lineups. That way you have all your information. Not Thursday, May twelfth at nine o'clock. <laughs> no. No. If you want to build a lineup, but you're not sure where to enter that lineup, you can enter it into this contest that I created. This contest is 200 entries total, humans, one entry lineup per person, and it pays out a lot of money. It pays out $1,800 for your 20 bucks. So we're into this lottery. Are you into this lottery, Darbo? Not yet, but you know, if I can take down another Nagels this week, then I will. But a thousand dollars even for second place, and then seven hundred for third. So this is just a good contest to get into. It's twenty bucks, twenty bucks, twenty bucks. It's for fun. Uh, we're talking about the nine k range. We've kind of exhausted that. We uh, need we need to talk about it. Actually, that's pretty much the only name we didn't mention. Uh, let's is he, go to is he hurt? Hold on a second. So we got oh. we got all these people that have out or are there people on here with question marks on it? Yeah. He just withdrew with an injury, didn't he, or Not something like that? Did he? Didn't no, he just he's, he's minus five right now. He's next to DJ Kucher. No, he's uh, Josh is talking about another tournament that he didn't last. Com- week, didn't last week he withdrew or something? Oh, he withdraws all the time. Did he withdraw from the RBC? He withdrew before the Masters. Whatever the tournament. Right, was that's what that's Masters. what it was. Yeah. So, yeah. and the, just mm. nothing now. So we we have no we have no information on if he's like healthier. He seems fine this week. That's what we're that's what we're but it's TPC Craig Ranch where I can go out there and shoot five under and I suck. So I think Hideki's been known to be a fraud. He's another one of those guys that doesn't (laughs) okay. He has a pretend neck injury because then it just can act up at any time. He can just take the week off. Because he's a millionaire and he doesn't really care. And he flies coach. So he doesn't really need money. So he's just like I have so much money it doesn't matter. Uh eight K range. We can get into strategy in a second. We're 30 minutes into this thing, and uh, we're about to pepper the 8K range because we're in a major. And sometimes the winner's in this range, by the way. Oh, that is great to hear. Did you produce a model? <laughs> no, I have not yet. No. Well, how do you even know then? Shit. You need your model, Josh. Uh, I do. But, by no. the way, if I run the model, the winner will also not be in the model. Oh, is that how it's been? It, well, no, because he just the, the winner does not have enough rounds played. Oh, because Tiger Woods is going to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. $8,200 Tiger Woods. He is at the bottom of the AK range. He's just under the average remaining roster spot on your $50,000 salary for your six man. Zalatoris leads off the AK range and then Sam Burns, who did awful today. So we're uh, looking at Sam Burns. His ownership is just dropping. I thought it was going to be chalk because he's going to be the winner of this tournament. I thought Zalatoris and Burns. 89-88. They're going to come in after dominating the Byron Nelson, but they were kind of bad today, but not terrible. We'll see how they do. Lowry, 8-7. Berger, Neiman, M. Bryson. Ooh, 8-3. You got Tiger, 8-2. Hatton, Homa, Homa off the win. Connors, and Ustazen. This is freaking juicy. We love it. And I want to talk to you, Josh Wright, first and foremost, about your guy, Bryson DeChambeau. He's got out next to his name. Are we going to click Bryson DeChambeau? Could Bryson be the undercover sniper sleeper? He could could be. I mean, again, we're just, I'm just going back to what I just said. The reporting on injuries is, we know nothing, is a problem here. So we don't, he won't tell what he actually might tell us because he's, very open about talking about his injury and stuff. And he, he shows pictures of the slice in his hand. Have you guys seen that thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's insane. 
So he it looks yeah, like he's ceiling. open about that. But yeah. three missed cuts in a row. He was missed the cut at the Masters of Bryson DeChambeau. He's somebody that honestly, yeah. if he's you, obviously if hurt. he was playing normal, he would he would be ten thousand or he'd be like up there, wouldn't he? That should be for sure. Is, is it one of those courses that you can bomb it? I can't. I don't even know. Is it a bomber paradise? All all majors are mostly bombers paradise. I they don't play in short like tree lined courses. It's if you miss it in the rough, it's the roughs up. But like Bryson has biceps like double any of us, so he'll just knock it out of there. So like, okay. he Dad. he's fine. the well, The problem is 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 his injury going to be a problem or not? Yeah, so, well, it's everyone's injury. And we don't know. The low ownership. That's what's lovely about it. What about, yeah. What do you want to say, Darbo? Well, I was going to say, I, I just did my my course review as I was going, as we are talking here. Uh-huh. And the first thing that I thought was, if Bryson was healthy, this looks like a really good golf course for Bryson to dominate. But so I went through, that was like in the beginning of the front nine. And then as I go through the back nine, it's very tree-lined. So I... Oh. I don't know. Like, okay. But uh, it, let's uh, let's keep in mind here that Bryson's driving accuracy compared to like the top person in the field, he only misses like one or two more fairways per round than the most accurate golfer. Yeah. So, so if it's tree lined, it's does it does it actually matter for these guys or do it, it matters for us as golfers because like. I hit it relatively far, but I fucking sprayed everywhere. So trees matter. But for these guys, they all hit it rel- relatively pretty much in the fairway. Yeah. There's also water that kind of meanders through. There's like a creek that does. So it, yeah, I, I'm with you, Josh. I don't think there's really a, a ton of worry. And like TPC Harding Park, I'll, I'll remember this. I didn't think it was a really good fit for Bryson because it, that one was tree lined. And he, he he did really well. I remember yeah. him being in contention contention all the way up to the end, and then he kind of fell off or whatever the last round. But mm-hmm. he he went and he played. He clubbed down on a lot of holes, which obviously he can do here. I mean, his like for sure he can. Four iron goes as yeah. far as someone's three would. So so eighty three hundred sure. feels good. Now let's talk about though if he's not typically, hurt. Tip yes. See that's the thing. Typically, most of the time. On a major, you need lead in form. You want someone that has played and played in contention and had done well. And yeah, you're going to get the ownership break when you click with $8,300 Bryson this week, but is it even worth the click? Are you just kind of Martins? What do you do when you are making a major lineup? Are you looking at getting that weird leverage on a guy that could fit, but his wrists been fucked up. Or are you going with Bryce or Brooks? Who's a major killer, but he's got problems. Or are you looking at that Rory consistency? Are you looking at that Spieth win? Are you looking at Scheffler? Are you looking at the names that you've seen on the leaderboards over the last few weeks? Are you even looking at Homa potentially over a Bryson Martins? No, I would not look at, I would look at Homa over Bryson, although I did look at Bryson and I said, God, this looks like a leverage situation that I'd just lose all my money on because he's clearly going to be fucked. I, I think he, he's he's not going to play well. He might withdraw. He's not going to be in the field. It's Thursday. That's my hunch. Okay. If he's in, it's a <laughs> leverage situation that I, would, I might risk at 8,300 and expect to lose all my money because I don't know that... His injury situation is 
concerning, frankly. And and I think that Jish agrees with that. Uh, okay, well, let me ask you about another name in the 8K range with yeah. some injury potential concerns, and that's Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, $8,200. What are we doing with Tiger? Because is why would Tiger – why would he show up if he's not going to compete to win? He's not Matt Wolf. He doesn't just do this for fun. <laughs> Quagness. He's having a lot of fun this week, by the way. Yeah, Matt. Hey, Matt if, you, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the leaderboard this week, you'll find him. <laughs> well, at least he's having fun. No, Tiger Woods would not do that. He would show up only if he's going to want to win, and he's going to want to win, and he's only $8,200, and no one's going to click him. Are they? Martins, are you clicking Tiger at 8-2? Well, first you have to notice on the DraftKings board that he doesn't have all the, you know, numerous out signs that are surrounding him. So that's a good sign. And he was the only one that had it at the Masters, and everyone thought he was fucked, and he did fine for the conditions, I thought, at least. Uh, So, yeah, absolutely. I love Tiger at 8200 I hope that price continues to drop. Well, it'll probably rise when he wins, but yeah. so here's your t- here's your start. You're gonna do Spieth at ninety six, Tiger at eighty two. You got eight thousand dollars left for your final four. Come on, why not? And then I can click Scheffler and a scrub at the bottom. Maybe one of the PGA guys. We'll see what how it goes. Are you gonna do that? For no, me? no, you never no. do that. Don't do <laughs> I'm that. Pepper <laughs> the eight K range. Are you peppering the eight K range? Jish Swish. Who's your favorite? I'm sad that you didn't run your model. I tried to get Josh to run his model before the show started. It's Thursday. It's a week before the tournament starts. It takes a lot but, of time, man. Yeah, no, he didn't do it. He's going to make you wait. He's going to have the tweet at some point. Maybe he'll Here's charge the thing. you. It, it takes more time because it's a brand new course. If it's a course they've been running for years and years, oh, easy. Yeah. I can just look up last leaderboards, see where everybody's hitting it. Totally fine. But now with a course that we – when was the last time they played it? 2000 whatever. Well, the Ben on doesn't matter, but it it doesn't matter. It's just more goes into it. So I like uh, there's no chance that was yeah. 2009 US Amateur Ben on one, and then Tiger won that. 2007. Pepper in the Pepper in the AK range. I don't. Okay, who do you pepper the most? Are you peppering Zalatoris? Is Zalatoris going to get a win and a major at the same time? I think I think he's very built for. I do too for major golf. He's great ball striker, as we know. Awful putter, but. When you get into majors, putting matters less. Making putts matters, but being like a good putter matters less. If you just look at the majors, like Keegan won this. Good putters are just like in, out, whatever. Who cares? No, so no. he he structures his game around avoiding the big numbers. And if you can do that in majors, making even par is fine. When you come to the TPC Craig Ranch making even par the whole the whole time you're you might miss the cut so his his game is very structured for for competing in majors so I, yeah I, I think you can even start a lineup with Zalatoris if you want to whoa I think whoa that'd be the balanced build boys Darbo are you a balanced build guy or are you gonna do something along those lines I don't think I would but at the same time do we need to, to kind of discuss off the bat, on a Thursday, week before the tournament starts, who's going to be the chalk and who's going to be the pivots in this 8K range? Because that could majorly make or break whether you're mega profiting in this tournament. Now, I think is M with his 
Korea shit that's going on with COVID. I guess he's stuck over there or something. He might be fucked. He's out. So he might be the lowest owned, and you could do that. You could try that or whatever, but I don't know. What about Lou Yu stays in at $8,000? Could he be the lowest owned in the 8K range? Who's the lowest owned for you, Darbo? Uh, who, do, who would I project to be the lowest owned? Yeah, are you going to click Connor or Bryson. Homo? You think Bryson would? Yeah. These guys just said I think, that. We I think Lowry well. might be pretty low owned too. Oh, at, at low owned Lowry, never at his at his price right now. Let's have a top three, two, two, three, three, twelve, thirteen. Don't. I mean, no way. It's gonna be Louis Ustazen, who no one likes. No one likes Louis. Might He's be been right, missing yeah. cuts. He's sixty second. What has he been about? When is he good again? He's been bad for a long time. He's eight thousand eh, dollars. Yeah, you're out. you're probably right. Yeah. What about major uh, killer he, though? That's what they say. What about yeah. Burger? Yes. Could Burger get overlooked? No. People like thinking. Is he Burger. hurt? Do we do, what do we know yeah, about? Yeah, what's him? up with Burger? We gotta look at the editor injury. We gotta have some people ask some questions this week. Now, Neiman, that's sneaky to me. He won the Genesis. We need the lead in form. He's playing decent. Ooh, 8,500 for Neiman. I don't think he gives a fuck if it's the open or where or the championship or whatever the hell it is. He's gonna show up and play good golf because he's a golfer. We like Neiman, don't he? He is a golfer. I'm a Neiman guy. I'm I'm Team Neiman as well. Yeah, plays golf and like has a six pack. Doesn't give a shit. Laughs. The problem is he's really close to Tiger, and I will be playing Tiger. So you're playing hmm. a lot of Tiger. All right, do we exhaust the 8K range? Should we keep going down the road here? Do we care yeah. about the 7K names? It's Matt Fitzpatrick. Oh gosh, here he is again. Seventy nine hundred dollars. Where did we just see him? He was just T2 at the Wells Fargo. He's been playing great golf. He's going mean, to be pretty high owned, I think. Yeah, he's got to be looked at, especially if it's going to be like projected. Or, oh, it's going to be the hardest major of all time. Like, right. Oh, people people love him in majors because he's a yeah. oh, yeah. great short game guy, great putter. He's actually pretty long off the tee. He used to be like one of the shortest dudes of all time, and now he's like decently long off the tee. All right, Tony Finau is also long off the tee. He's at seventy nine. Yeah, yeah. He is a guy that people like to click in majors. But are we going to top five Tony? He had one top five in his last a million starts. It's like, is he top five Tony anymore, Darbo? Or are we done with Tony? Um, uh, my bias does not you care for Tony? Tony Finau. Okay, I, I, I don't. I've never called him top five Tony. I just, <laughs> I think this okay. guy has. This guy also has mental issues when he's on the golf course. I, I don't trust Tony Finau. Okay. Um, what about uh, Webb Simpson Quagnus? You are a Webb clicker, but he's been bad. I put the house on Webb last week, and it was a bad decision. He missed the cut, I think. He did. Yeah, Quag- so- Quagnus is not in the in the picture at the moment. Quagnus has left the picture. <laughs> I was just looking at the DraftKings board. I didn't even notice that. Uh, we could throw it to Quagnus, but he will not answer. Uh, answer is $7,800 as well. You got Adam Scott here, Leishman, Fleetwood, Cameron Young. That kind of that one of these things is not like the other. I, you know, if you're one of those people that's joining DraftKings on a whim to do a lineup for the pay, for the major, you're gonna go, Who the hell is Cameron Young? But this fucking guy is good. Is he not, Josh? He's had a couple top two. Cameron Young is very good. Yeah, how is he so good? Where did he come from? Do you know anything about him? I said he and look from the way he plays, it seems like he's he's very like a boomer bust type of guy. So you just sure. 
he'll top five or he'll just be bad. You can, I, I guess, you can kind of see that on his recent form. He's got T two, T three, then he misses the cut, then he's got a T thirteen. Yeah, so it's. I'm into it. I'm I mean, into it. I like Cameron Young. If you're trying to get some leverage, maybe in your office pool where no one's going to pick that name, he's going to show up there. What about the Keegan Bradley, Jason Day, the back, the other names that have won uh, the PGA Championship? They're seventy five hundred dollars. Or do you go with the flavors of the week, the Taylor Gooches? Do you go with the Billy Horschel to break through? Billy, what about Adam Scott? What about Adam Scott here? If he has a good week this week, he might be very highly owned. He is doing well so far. Where is he? He's like he's like five, five or four yeah. or five under something like that. Well, see, five under, you could go one under tomorrow, and you barely and make you miss the cut. cut. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you gotta be careful. Like we're talking about this on a Thursday, the twelfth of May. It's crazy. I don't know. You know. Darbo, we're doing this because next Thursday we're going to talk about Twitter and we're going to do stuff more that's not in anything to do with names or reasons for those names for the tournament. We're going to talk about the industry in general. It's going to be a very juicy podcast. So I suggest you join it because I'm going to have a fun guest and we're going to get into the names and the reasons. Is this guest secret? Are you not disclosing the guest? Well, you know, the guest, it's, it's, it's up in the air whether the guest actually makes it. <laughs> so, so you're so you're touting a guest, but you're not entirely sure if the guest is coming or not. Correct. And then we'll do a different <laughs> guest at the last second. I'll just pretend I was talking about them the whole time. I'm I'm available if you need me. Either way, yeah. Oh, Josh is the guest this week. <laughs> That's real stuff. Ah, here we go. We have another name with the out next to him. His name is Paul Casey. Josh, are you gonna? Do this? Are we doing this to ourselves? Why don't we? Do- <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I I did. I've been clicking him. Same. So, He's like, good. Like if, if you're just if you're just looking at statistics and you're not, you have no consideration of injuries or motivation or whatever. All you're doing is looking at stats. You at Paul Casey's price, you have to click him. After. What about you? Yeah, Martins is back. Hi, Martins. Did you see this, Paul Casey, uh, at seventy four hundred? But uh, is this the most dangerous click on the board? It, is, it has to be. Clayton, yeah. are you clicking it? Not until that out sign's at least gone, and that what? Even if it's gone, I'm not clicking it. <laughs> <laughs> what? What does the outside matter? Yeah, this guy's a he's a dangerous motherfucker. He'll tweet on Tuesday that he's. Fine and well, and then he's gone on Thursday <laughs> right before his tea time. Right, we know yeah. that the withdraw people are outraged. Should we talk about that real quick about the suggestions and the outrage and the freaking Twitter uh, with CT freaking Pan today? My God, get CT over your Pan outrage is actually hilarious. And that then the people are playing for ninety five dollars that are touts on real sites. <laughs> that was that was the most insane revelation today. I get it that it's the uh, Byron Nelson, but my God, you're paid to give us advice you don't believe it enough to more than 95 dollars i play for 95 dollars and i'm the one that plays for zero dollars that's like my my <laughs> shit i love rouseland but my god dude that is pathetic like what's wrong well i think he, he he received enough shit that it's fine now but still, usually he usually does on. he at, he i think he actually asked for some of it i think he enjoys it, i think he does it like it was like maybe he's playing for more than 95 but somehow he figured out a way to display that so he could get the trolling because he's great at Twitter. He's good at figuring out ways to put himself in front of people. Anyway, the PGA uh, Tour communications uh, uh, Twitter is 
Probably a must-have as like a notification. System. But it was like still three minutes too late on the CTP. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. what was great is that I was up this morning, Darbo. I don't know about you with your no kids, but I was up fucking bright and early. Uh, not on purpose, of course. Of course. We decided not to do a kids podcast. We were going to do a kids podcast, but like no one cares about that stuff. No, uh, ultimately, on the bad weeks, the birdie fests, the weeks that we don't really care about, we'll go into a topic. This is the PGA Championships. Clearly, we can talk names and reasons. Next week's, we'll just do it again. <laughs> we'll just talk about round one and how it went and Twitter. But at the same time, we're just enjoying ourselves. We're having fun, talking through the names, talking through the reasons for the PGA Championship, join our contest. We have no sponsors anymore, Darbo. We got fired from Manscaped. Mm. No one bought that. <laughs> so no one wants That's that. Uh, they did early on. You know, we, we're friends with Fanshare Sports. We do have ties with Thrive. We know the people at other places. Where else we have? But uh, Fantasy Points is a friend of ours now. Are we friends with Patrick Reed? I love Patrick Reed. And at $7,200 in a major when it's going to be Uh-oh. a par fest. Are we APPRing Patrick Reed or is it still not time yet? Darbo, you're the guy that would might know. Is this stats too shitty to click Patrick Reed? Yeah, I don't. There's there's nothing in my bones telling me Patrick Reed is the play at the PGA <laughs> Championship. All right, even at seventy two hundred, no one. I mean, there's just yeah, there's nothing that he's done at okay. all this this last year. It almost feels like. Something set him back at some point. Either it was switching PXG. clubs yeah. or an injury or something. Okay. There was some something weird. He did have like the the double pneumonia thing where he lost Ooh. like a whole bunch of weight, and now he's Ooh. like maybe like the oh yeah, he pretended he didn't have COVID. Tour. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> so that Josh, could be a problem. That does concern me. He yeah. he he actually lost distance, which. For someone who doesn't hit the ball far to begin with, that's bad news. It just takes away his his raw potential. It, it hurts, yeah, for sure. Okay, um, do you want to talk about names more, or should we talk about some strategy stuff like the? Uh... I got one more name. Oh, oh, hell yeah! Which Phil one? Mickelson is going to show his face again. What the I don't that's know. A good name. Seventy seventy one hundred. I was curious about. I was going to ask you guys about that. Is it? Is he really? I think he probably will. He's he had yeah. I, I actually what I thought I thought he was gonna play or show up the week before the first major he was gonna play, so he could mm-hmm. tell everybody like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," blah blah blah, and do all that stuff. And then the next, so everybody will boo him at like TBC Craig Ranch. Like four people will boo him, and then the next week, like nobody will care. But he's showing his face for the first time in a major, like. Boy, I don't believe it. I don't think he'll show up. I I I think I'm with you. I think he's. I think he'll decide. He'll come out with some statement that says, "Not mentally ready." Yeah, see yeah, yeah. See I'm really sorry for not being able to defend. I loved uh, winning. Winning was the best highlight right. of my life. Exactly. Uh, I, and then I agree all of a sudden, no joke, he'll be on the uh, live tour as like the showcase of the live tour. Right. In in two weeks or whenever it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've never seen him on the tour hate, again. Like I don't think. I hate agreeing with you, but I think that's I think that's great. 
But I who think cares? that's exactly so, what's going to happen. He's a clown. He's a clown show anyway. He's been a clown show, a gong show. If he didn't win the PGA Championship, it, it, he would have literally no credibility whatsoever. I speaking of speaking of clowns at seventy two hundred, you got Sergio in there too. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. A total. God, this is quite the field. Will he fucking play? Or is he gonna I, don't, I don't know if he'll play either. He he's probably shouldn't. Play. He'll get booed too. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Sergio, dude. Oh, fuck him. Worst. Oh my <laughs> god. And Westwood. Okay. Here, Westwood here, too. What a clown. Yeah. Clown. These, these guys. Oh yeah. Go go to Saudi Arabia. They think we want to watch Out of the them. Prince. Like no, you're I'll just a it. part of the. I will watch it for sure. Like you're gonna what? we're gonna go on our way for this what man. I'll say? I'll watch it for sure. If it's on I mean, if it's on TV, I will watch it. It's sure. on YouTube, they said. It's not going to be on TV. Because I don't, I don't care where it is. I have free access to it. I will, I will watch it. Okay, you can watch Robert Garrigus, Sergio Garcia, and fucking Phil Mickelson. Mickelson. I'll watch it for have sure. A, have a good time with that. I will. I will watch it. Okay, just to wow. satisfy <laughs> the viewers at home, let's. Okay, Fowler's in the tournament. <laughs> My God, Fowler's here. Fowler should go to the Saudi tour. He uh, probably should if yeah, he no, if he cares about no, money. No, nobody should go to. <laughs> Martin, <laughs> tell us what you like about the six K range because we know Martin's going to have to click Scheffler because you can't even help himself, and then he's going to click Spieth, and then he's going to probably click Cantlay, and then he's going to run out of money. He's going to have sixty six hundred dollars left. Who else did you say you wanted? Tiger, of course. Fuck, you're going to have no money. You're not going to be able to click Cantlay. Who in the 6K range, Martins, are you going to supplement with your uh, Scheffler? I'll supplement Matt Kuchar. He's already shown Ooh. today. Where I, is he? Oh, 6,800. Kuchar's good. He's doing really well. He's changed yeah. his putting grip. He's amazing around the greens right now. If you listen to Mark Immelin. He's going to be 20% on. He's not. Probably. No, 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 he won't. Yeah, he will. He's 500. <laughs> he probably will be. I mean, you're the one that's quagged as the Chalk Talkie Martins, and you're going to be like, I got a culture at 6,500. He's, he's my diamond in the rough. <laughs> diamond in the rough. This will be the most owned name, and in in, he'll be the Phil. Uh, Munoz the will Phil be. of the 6,800 Munoz will be massive chalk after his 1,200. Oh, yeah. Round. Munoz is here, I suppose. Yeah. So th- that will detract attention from Kucher. Okay. And, and the rest of these clowns, you just spray away and hope for the best. Because look at this. This is awful shit. Well, Darbo, Mito, what's your Cam Davis. Darbo, this, do you like Mito? I like this Mito. whole 6K range is so juicy. I can't I believe you said it was garbage. Who said it was garbage? I, I thought I, I just heard Quagnus say it. Oh, I, I, I did. And then I said it was great. No, <laughs> we can't decide. Keith Mitchell, sixty six hundred dollars. That's juicy. Yeah, Keith Mitchell. He's raw so potential. Your six K range. You had to think of it just random. Do not have any convictions with the six K range at all. Nothing. That's okay, true. there are two names I needed to ask you guys about. It's the sixty three hundred dollar Adam Hadwin, oh or my God. Uh, you got Lanto. These these just came up to me. Those are those have to be auto clicks. They're weird. It's weird. If you're it playing uh, 20 lineups, you're clicking them a few times at least, right? Good I mean, God. Right. By the What's way, Ryan Fox is really good at golf, too. He's also 6,300. Yeah, but no, no, he's not Adam Hadwin, who's actually had he's finishes not. with his oh my God. And he's 63. I, I, now, Hadwin's 
DFL this week almost. So like maybe that'll temper the enthusiasm on a on a had one. <laughs> but what about Elanto? I mean, this is fucking ridiculous. Uh, he's good at golf. He just had a sixth. I mean, I'm confused. I don't know. Maybe Lantos is. Uh, they're both egregious pricing. So do you click that and you just Lahiri. take What? Where's Lahiri? He's been good. Harry Higgs. He's up is there Lahiri down here? Yeah. Sixty-five. He's, okay. He's yeah. Five. All right, well, I might go no. all in merit. Lahiri. Why don't oh you just my. go all in Scheffler Rob? Oh my. Why would hey. you not do all in Scheffler Rob? And had one. My, I'm going to do six game names. Chad, put Scheffler Rom in and then put Hadwin and Lahiri in and see how many sa- like how much salary is left over. Put that on the put that on the screen. I'm doing it, I think. 73 oh. isn't bad. You put Kucher in there. Give him, give him Kucher. Hey, yeah, oh Kucher. God, he wants Kuch, Daddy. You okay. just built my lineup. You just built my goddamn lineup. Oh well, Web, that's your guy. No, no, we yes. Do no, we don't do Web. We don't do Web. Yeah, this Cam, Cam, Young. Cam Young. Lives this week. You're taking Cam out Young. Put in Cam Young. That's your lineup, Quagness, right there. That's my lineup. Screenshot that, please. No, I think you're gonna take Keegan. <laughs> Ugh. I'm doing Keegan? No, you're doing Adam Scott. You're an Adam Scott guy. I kind of not am. a bad choice. Adam Scott would probably be my second choice there. All right, cool. All right. What about if you Adam Scott top fives this week? Adam Scott. I'm gonna build Josh Bennett's lineup. Josh Bennett is going to start with Josh Bennett would probably well, Tiger's gonna win. So you gotta put oh, yeah, Tiger Tiger's in the definitely Tiger's in, in the Tiger is in the lineup. So is di- Tiger and Bryson. He I'm, likes, I'm not sold on Bryson's house, but I, I no, like. But, and then you did want Scott too. You're a Scott truther. Uh, maybe you won't go down this far, will you? Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You're a. Uh, are you gonna are you gonna do a bomber a Cam Champ at sixty nine hundred dollars? No. God no. No no no. I'll probably go in on Kucher actually. Wow, he wants Kucher as well. The Kucher chalk is forming. Yes. I knew it would. Okay, so 9,500. <laughs> my God. So you're going to go DJ, and then you're going to go uh, Cantlin. I, I, I would probably play Xander, to be honest. Look at that lineup. Screenshot okay. that, please. I would probably play Xander. Wait, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. I like it's this It's a lineup. major, fool. Of course you can do great. I like, the, right. I like that lineup there. Now, let's see. Darbo. Uh, Darbo probably. Where do you start? You probably go JT Morikawa because that's the cheat code. That's what I think. No, nah, we don't do two 10Ks. That okay, never. so you go one 10K because that, that would be the bucket system formula. Pretty much, yeah. You and- probably go DJ. JT DJ for the initials. Oh, no, 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 no. No? I'll give you my lineup. <laughs> okay. Are you JT? <laughs> Start with Rory and Cantley, and then you can build from there. Ah. Rory Cantley, and you're on your own after that. Yep. Nice. All right. It might be I, two, uh... two AKs. I might pepper the AK range this time. Oh, oh. Pepper. I love peppering that AK range. Throw Tiger Woods in there. He's AK. Neiman, Tiger. <laughs> you even got Burnsy, and you got Zal Torres. Got some young guns in there. It's a good time. You got. Yeah, that. that actually might be it. It might be Rory yeah. Cantley Zal Torres for me. That th- that trio just sounds so juicy. All right. Um, normally, uh, we end the pod after an hour, right? It's been an hour. Uh, so we should do the ending of the pod. We should then launch into what is the after show. 
uh, it is the next step to what we've decided to do. Cause we're not trying to waste a lot of your time. We're trying to waste 58 minutes. And then after that, it's on your own. You, if you're wanting to waste your time, <laughs> no apologies here. So, uh, play the music. Thank you for watching the PGA Championship pod. It's not over, but it will be. I'm going to go get another beer. It may or may not be bad. You, you may or may not be back? You tucking the kids in? Yeah, I, I have to figure out what's going on up there. So, All right. Good chat. Thanks, Eric. We'll be here. We'll I heard that, Martins. You fuck. You can't leave yet. No, I, I have I, to ask you questions. About what? Strategy. Oh, God. My strategy? Popular names. Right. Popular names. Andre All right. This will be the last question. Why? What do you have to do? I don't care about Eric's name, so I'm going to get more beer and go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Get more beer truthfully, truthfully uh, the the whole idea is that this summer I'm going to have my new office and my new house, which I move into on Monday, and next Thursday you'll see it, and I'll be just kicking back, and I'll be like, hey, Thursday night's my night to just go into my office, close the door, and have beers with you, and just chill, and we're going to do this for as long as we go, and maybe I'm it's midnight. Yeah, so make this like a... Basically, us going into each one of each other's garages, you know, yeah. and just chatting. Yeah, about. exactly. So I wanted to get now. <clears throat> we've done strategy pods for years. We've tried to pretend like we know what we're talking about. We do know a little bit, and then in the little bit that we do know, Eric, I'm going to ask you to confirm or deny. This is Eric Martin's popular names. They're popular for a reason, right? God, I was looking at the the winner of the GPP and I only entered one and he, it was like 20% of plus of the three names. He had three 20% own names. Yes. Or at least I don't know if it was the final one, but it was in what are you talking about? For which this tournament, week? which tournament are we talking about last week? Oh, oh last week had a 20% people. Yeah. 20% people, people are owned. So yeah, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait. But so we should risk it on a bad name just for a little leverage, should we not? Only on one or two, I think, is the actually. Well, give me what, what do you consider a bad name? Because this is this is my uh, I'm not saying I have an issue with any of you guys, but this is my issue with the DFS industry or community, whatever you want to call it, is the pivots and, and mm -hmm. the importance of pivoting. What who? What would be a bad name? Like a 9K golfer that has an injury? Or are we talking about like a 6K golfer that has been extremely volatile? No, it's like an overpriced $7,400 name that you're like, this should be, this guy could be 68 and it wouldn't even make a difference on my radar. Like, why do you even just go out of your way to play that name? Whereas at 7,400, there's another name that literally just had three or four good finishes. Or there's another $7,200 name that has like good stats. But yes, those names are six, eight percent owned, which is ridiculously low still. Whereas then I would go, hey, but I'm told everyone says go after that random seventy four hundred dollar name that's two percent owned. But that's projected, so we don't really know. So, do you, so that I call that like a bad name, and then the names that are like 
kind of the reason why they're six percent or eight percent or they're more owned than the two percent guy is because there's fucking reasons why. Yeah. So so look look Rory was twenty three percent in this contest. Max Homo was twenty four. Cameron Young twenty seven. And then you know that's a one two and five. Those are one two and five. Their finishes single entry. John Vegas. This yeah this is single entry which I think. Makes it a slight be. difference, but Fine. whatever. John Vegas, nine percent. What about then? On Lahiri, five point nine nine percent, which is crazy, and point six percent. Uh, Nick Taylor. Weird. What do you make of that? Like, how do you get there? How do you get there? That's the question. Like <clears throat> that person clearly made their entire lineup, and then they were left with fucking. 6,600 Nick Taylor, and they said, okay, fine, I'll click it. Here, <laughs> here was the winning lineup from the $5 GPP, the, their ownership percentages. 19.52%, Do you want to guess who that 0.46 was? Nick Taylor? Steven Yeager. Yeah, See, we would never know. It's so just, that's when I'm when I I like I asked the question. I did mm. is like, who are we really talking about? Because okay. you had Sergio at 87 in that lineup, Johnny Vegas, that Jaeger, Cam Young, Keegan Bradley, and, and Max Homa. Where is your Where's your leverage from pivoting? Like, because Sergio at 12 percent in the 8K range, who were you pivoting from? Because Max Homo was eighty six hundred, you know. Dude, so like, yeah. you're you're not pivoting from a high owned Max Homa to a Sergio. You have them both in your lineup, and Keegan's at ninety six hundred at ten point six five. Maybe he's the guy that people pivoted to. And I'm looking at the yeah, Russell Henley was owned twenty three percent. He finished fortieth, and he was at ninety three hundred dollars. So maybe that was the pivot that you would want to go to, but. Most pivots are going to a cheaper golfer, not to a more expensive golfer. Right. How do we find this person that won this GPP and ask them, how did you click Steven Yeager and why? And or, or are they just there? Or maybe there's people that are they random people that are like, I don't know. I just made this lineup and I don't know who this golfer was. Fuck it. We should try and talk to these people more, I think. Well, Chad's found them. I found it once or twice. We've done this, and they yeah. all say, and they all oh, say, just like, we're, we're not, we will, not, we will not be able to talk to Millie makers like on majors because those people, the Mayos and the Rick, like those dudes, take up their time. But I, we can talk to the, we, I guarantee we can talk to the winner of the. We Byron can Cup. put that out there that we want to talk to those people. Quagness, what were you about to say? What do they say? What does every each GPP winner say? No, they don't. They, they, yeah, they don't. They say I was just clicking around. I didn't give a fuck. Just click numbers. Honestly, every single person I've ever talked to is like, don't care about ownership. Don't have a subscription anywhere. Don't give a fuck. Click a bunch of shit. My literal process didn't care. Didn't think is that whole six k range is less than four percent owned. Like per golfer, I will never click a a six k golfer more than maybe three times because I've learned. You you te- you typically want a six k golfer in your lineup, and it's not going to be Matt Kuchar next week because Matt Kuchar will be like 
Actually, I shouldn't even say that because Corey Connors was a 6K golfer at the Masters last year. He was $6,800 and he was like, he was over 20% owned. And everyone's like, no, don't play Corey Connors. Everyone's going there. And he was in the optimal lineup as well as the GPP winning lineup. So Mm -hmm. it's like, you were dumb to fade Corey Connors. So maybe I'm going to be dumb fading Matt Kuchar. I just, (laughs) he's the caliber. So then why do we even play DraftKings? I think you should just do the Chris Powers thing and dart throw a 6K golfer. Yeah. Who the like who that. the fuck cares which 6K golfer you choose? Just pick but, one. Yeah, the truth is that we do like it because we actually play golf, right, Josh? Oh, we <laughs> do we, we Chad? Here we go. <laughs> I t- <laughs> Chad, Chad, Chad sent out his notes and said, we actually play golf. And I'm like, you've played – You've played more tackle football in the last seven months or eight months than you have played golf. (laughs) (laughs) No, I do like, I do like playing golf, but I, you know, I don't go out of my way to play football. Like I don't play baseball, you know, like you don't go to a diamond and you do, you do go play golf. So that's why we like, we, we enjoy watching golf, which is another thing about that's different about us, the four of us, the golf guys versus the other people out there, is that they're playing this because they're gamblers or they're trying to win money, which is ridiculous. Where we used to get mocked and ridiculed because we're a quarter arcade player or we're in the you know dollar arcade or dollar short game or a five dollar better. But in reality, it was only because we're just supplementing what we were already doing and enjoying. And it is true more than anything that Eric and I, we've said this to each other. If a guy that we don't have any money on is about to make a putt or miss a putt, we've got like, we, we, oh, he missed. Oh, he made it. Oh, I care. And it's like, oh, shit, I actually, I didn't want, I was supposed to cheer against that. And like, you just have these instincts because we're not gamblers at heart. And that's what brought us to DraftKings to begin with is to just add to the fun not to go out of our way, put $200 on one lineup with CT Pan in it, and then on Thursday fucking tweet 90 fucking times over and over and over to DraftKings assist. So it's stupid as shit. It's also not DraftKings' problem, by the way. Everybody, everybody. Communication wants- problem. Here yeah. we go. I'm, go. I'm going here, Chad. This is not a DraftKings <laughs> problem. Everybody wants to tweet at DraftKings. Give us late swap. Lock the tee times later. Give us an alternate, all this random shit. They want DraftKings to fix this problem. They're just Tony the Robbins. The problem or here is. is the PGA Tour, and the, the tour will not, for whatever reason, will not require these golfers to disclose injuries or disclose anything. And by the way, everybody comes back and says, well, they're independent contractors. They don't have to disclose anything. Okay, they're independent contractors. They, the people that wanted to play live golf, they had to submit a form that said, Hey, hey, PGA Tour, I want to go and play in this other tour. Will you let me? What's and, no. and then they have the authority to say, Nope. So, what's the difference? You they can go out and say, By the way, this next tournament coming up here, if your back hurts, you have to tell us. And if you don't and you withdraw on Thursday morning and say, my back hurts, $500,000. They they have the authority to do that. I mean, that's aggressive, but like they have the authority to make it hurt and they won't for what, for whatever they just must not care or understand like the betting stuff. But like it's, 
Yeah. It, this no. is a PGA Tour problem. It's an, it is not a DraftKings or FanDuel or they they should not have to put band-aids on their product because the PGA Tour has no clue how to handle injuries or whatever the situation. They have no clue. So no, there were like don't. seven people who withdrew before the tournament. There is obviously a way. Right. To people would draw all the time. If you follow then, Rob Bolton from between well, how did Dan not know that he was hurt? Thursday just, morning, people are withdrawn all the time. This well, I can't Pan tweet out. On, it's, like, it's up to Pan's people and Pan's responsibility to tweet out on Wednesday afternoon or night. I'm thinking about withdrawing. I'm going to give it a shot tomorrow morning. Fucking take me out of your lineup or don't tweet at me because I'm warning you. It may not even Can be we have it. that? Can we get to that point? Is this a Pan, a pan the, thing? The, he PGA tour has to do, the, the PGA Tour has to do that because Martins, are you, if, are you, are you, if it's uh, me, like, no, I'm Martin, not saying anything. Do you demand responsibility from the golfers, or are we? Is this over our heads? Are we dumb, or do we care? Should we care? Should we care so much? No, I I do demand responsibility, and if they're going to claim that they care about the fans, and I've been saying this for years now, this is a this is not just a, a gambling issue. It's their fake uh, claim to like, oh, you know, like they, you know, think about all those like pl- uh, fluff pieces that air in between whatever, when they're like out, like visiting like cancer uh, patient c- children, mm-hmm. these, these golfers really actually do not give a fuck. <laughs> they show up. They do not give a fuck about the cancer patient children. They don't give a fuck about the fans. These people have been on, on, on a grind and I believe it truly. They have been on a grind and it's true to, to get to the PGA tours is, is a, is, is an insurmountable task. It's insane. It's, it's insane that and they're and they're unbelievable talents, but their lack of care for fans is, I think, I think, uh, is actually what, what what makes me not respect them at all. Yeah, it, I go out, I go out, I go out in my profession. I have to go out and play, uh, and and do what I do, which is music, for a bunch of fucking pieces of shit as well. And I get disrespected constantly. These people knock my music stand over. They come up and they want Freebird constantly. They <laughs> they bump it. They walk on stage. They walk on stage. They walk on stage and bump in. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you guys all think that's fucking funny and hilarious? Because no, it's, it's true. Fun. We've seen it. It sucks. And, uh, you know, they bump do, it. They do you ever play Freebird? I play. I can play Freebird. So fuck. No, but do you? If they request it, you're like for sure, man. Yeah, I I can play Freebird. I'm not going to because fuck you. So I get it. I get it. I get it. At the same time, but like, but at the same time, I'm in the bars. I get to interact with these people, and so I do. And I yeah, thanks, man. That's cool. You like it? It's fun. Whatever you know. And I'm I'm working in a different environment. But these these guys are at this point. This goes back to the original point. That they miss cuts on purpose because they do not give a fuck about the fans. They don't care. They have millions of dollars. Yep. This is a, this is a an they're selfish assholes. Yeah, sure. they're selfish fucking assholes. And 100%. yeah, but you and, would be too, Martins. You would be a selfish asshole who has to go to bed. I don't have time for this podcast anymore. I gotta go away. Well, no, but here's the thing: is that musicians, musicians are we're out there putting our art our art out there. And you know their it, art is their golf swing. What are you talking about? This is what they think. No, they're they're just like you with your fake I, art. Well, you know, I, I could go down a whole rabbit hole about the comparison between the uh, golf swing and 
music because I think there is. Oh a Lord, let's, that's a different yeah, topic. I would love to go down that route. You don't have but time I just, for that. I just though. think I just think that PGA golfers, what they've experienced in their life of what they've had to do compared to like when a musician has done. A musician wants to go out and give their music to the crowds of people who are appreciating it. Whereas like the crowds of people that are like appreciating good golf, the, the golfer does not give a fuck at all. 100% does not give a fuck about. But do you think Trey Anastasio gave a fuck every single time? Oh yeah, absolutely. You think he did? Oh yeah. I, and I've listened to it. I've listened. Okay. I, so I then, well, then who's the one that doesn't give a fuck? Is it Lady Gaga? The ones that doesn't give a fuck? Or is like there a point like some golfers give a fuck every single time? Cause I don't think well, some I mean, golfers give well, a fuck. What I'm arguing is that musicians, their, their whole existence is producing their art that has to be appreciated by people. Whereas like CT Pan did not give a fuck today about whether or not he was appreciate, you know, giving his fans and does he have fans? Does CT Pan have fans? Let's say like they do on Twitter. He does on Twitter, but like, does he care about like, does he care who, like, does he care who showed up? This is what I think. This is what oh, I'm trying to in the actual flesh. No, they don't. Yeah, in fuck. the flesh. That's what I mean. Like, I, this is the argument I've been making. All they're weird. That, like, they, they're weird that they don't. They don't yeah, care. They, like, like there's. Remember, like, uh, Josh, you were there at the 3M when Ricky Fowler walked by. He's on his phone in a practice round. We he did not give a fuck about us, and we yelled, not. "Ricky, we got a kid here, Ricky!" And he was like. Yep, what up? Did not, you know, did not give he one. He gave fuck. enough fucks to like give us the head nod to like, yeah, another day. Well, being yelled at like we're fucking animals in the zoo. Okay, great. But no, he does so, not give a shit at all. He does not, because really, truly, you get the money no matter what. You get the money if you care or not. Like, you get the money if you're Justin Rose or you get the money if you're Max Homa. Max Homa's on the internet trying and caring and giving a fuck. He gets less money, literally. Than the people that don't give a fuck. Here's, so, Martin, you're you're exactly right. You need to find people in your life that give a fuck, and you want to click the names that give a fuck because that's more fun to click the names that give a fuck, right? Here's one thing that I would I would just say: consider this because there are rules. Um, there's a whole system when it comes to playing events. Um, now, I, I if you have an exemption, you have an exemption or you can play any event that you want. Mm-hmm. But I I think there's a thing behind like a medical um whatever and I I I don't know CT Pan's issue. Do we even know why he withdrew? No, he didn't say. Okay. So he did, he did tweet and say that like the timeline, he didn't say what So the we don't know what goes behind the scenes of showing up to an event or whatever, whatever that, that whole purpose is. So we don't even know what that, that is. But secondly, golf is one of the most like sensitive sports where if you have a sliver in your finger, you cannot make a golf swing. If you have diarrhea, you cannot play golf (laughs) because you just, you could have a stomach bug. You could have anything it, it's the, the smallest little shit it doesn't matter mm-hmm. you can't play golf true so if to, to your point like just show up ct pan i don't care about your mental issues whatever's going on in your brain go play golf for me and he shows up and he misses the cut but no no no, no, no. he he can tell us on wednesday afternoon is what martin's point is is that like listen you know what if it's, it, what if it's extremely personal 
You know, like I get it. Well, because then he can get fined and he can pay the fine. He can say, sorry, here's the fine. I'll donate to charity. To Josh's point, though, this would be more on the PGA Tour than it would be to me. We're on the the same page here. Okay, Quagnus has to go because he's got a family. Now, next week, I don't even know what the tournament is. Probably doesn't even fucking matter. So we'll probably talk about kids next week. I haven't decided that. No, next week is this thing because it's still this thing. Oh, I've been the following. So come back next week, Martins. Are you going to join with uh, our guy, uh, Ruby? Ruby's coming on. Spoiler alert. Be there. Yeah. Because it'll be drama. I know with Ruby on, could be fun. Because <laughs> I will ask Ruby all of the tough questions. I'm not afraid to ask Ruby the tough questions. Ruby knows me. I'm friends Ruby with Ruby. Ruby will answer them, too. <clears throat> We're not afraid to add, to get dive deep down into the industry's Twitter world. Uh, I don't know. There's more people that care about it than I do, but I'm gonna get. I'm gonna ask some questions. So, are you gonna come back for that? Or are you gonna be a fly on the wall and just enjoy the conversation, Quagnus? Or are you gonna be skipping that one to hide, avoid that? I won't be skipping. I won't have. Uh, I won't have any soccer children's issues. So it'll be good. Cool. Cheers to you. Nice hat. Thanks for thanks for coming on. Go Tiger. Ooh. Go Tiger. Maybe you'll tweet 100%. Maybe Quagnus. Follow him on Twitter at Quagnus. Uh, all right. So uh, strategy-wise for a major, now do you typically pepper the AK range? Sure. Or maybe do you care about statistics? Do you care about course history? Do you care about recent form? There is like no a, course history. Event so history. You wouldn't? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe PGA. We, we care about event history. Is that important? I didn't. I didn't at the Wells Fargo, but you had Rory and Max Homa up there. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. It's, it seems to correlate. It, yeah, but in the Wells Fargo, I think wasn't that Rory's and Max's first victories? So maybe it holds a special like place that. in their heart. I don't know. I, I they want to show it. up now. Yeah, every year. I looked at it in retrospect, but I didn't beforehand. Like I'm not going to pretend like event history matters. Well, I've like, done the narratives forever now, and they never fucking correlate. Sometimes they work, and sometimes the they courses don't. are just so much different, and they 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 try and make the courses hard. So it's like, but what about does, the grass? Does, does the course even actually matter? Where the where they're playing, does it actually matter? I think the grass matters. So, like the, the geographic grass? area of the country, it truly might matter. You want to know? Did you guys listen to uh, Justin Thomas's interview with? Um, Pat McAfee, by oh, chance? No, I didn't. He was like, he was talking about how important major championships are, and like that's all that he cares about. And obviously, we've heard that from Brooks. We've heard that from a lot of people. And Tiger. Yeah, and JT. And I thought this is—I was going to mention this earlier, but I kind of think this is the wrong ap- approach at it. He's like, I'm looking to basically get hot at the right time and it's during the major because he never played he's he admitted he goes i don't like playing the event before a major because i'm trying to practice but he's trying to get his lead in form to be good for the major which to me just made it sound like he didn't care about the byron nelson he just no he's gonna try to play as he's he's either gonna try to i think he's just gonna send it full send you know, and I'm hoping he does because that's that would be a good sign leading into next week. But, um, yeah, I think with majors, you, I, 
I think you even heard Colin Morikawa talk about this on a on a podcast. You've heard a couple other guys talk about it. Their focus narrows in, and sure. it's not it's not like oh I'm kind of like what you guys were talking about with sponsor. Um, you know what you have to do for sponsors like the RBC team having to go all the RBC events or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think at these major championships, people do, and I think we all to some extent like all of us here. If we're in a golf tournament um and we have a good chance to win we're probably not shotgunning beers we're probably not you know well uh, speak for yourself well, okay josh i'll, yeah, I'll, I'll mean, know what to expect yeah, when we do mga four ball <laughs> i'm just kidding but anyways um i think it, it just it's natural you hone in when it when it really really matters and i'm not to your point chad it doesn't work for everybody it doesn't work for everybody but Josh, when it comes to event history, doing the bucket system, having good event history here matters. Like okay. on average, two guys who have really good event history finish inside the top 10. Guess what? There's a pool of eight golfers of those. So six of them don't play well. So when we think about it, if you chose the wrong name and say like Justin Thomas average finish at a PJ championship is maybe 31st place. Or, or even 25th place. That's still good because obviously there's some top 10s, a win and whatever in there. But if you select him and he does poorly, your mind instantly goes, event history doesn't matter because mm. JT didn't do, he didn't, he didn't mm. play well. But it's a, it's a mix and match. You, like that's, that's this whole thing I've ever learned. It's just, it's a mix and match. You don't want to go all six golfers with good event history. You just want to mm. pick two. Mm. You know, you only want to pick That's what the bucket two. system does. Correct. Yeah. Then that's what I project during my strategy videos. Is like you just want two to three of these guys. That's it. You don't. Okay. So go. plug your shit real quick. Then tell us where to find. So for the PGA, do you do more, or are you just doing the same shit you normally do? Uh, I always think about this during the majors. Like I always think about doing, you know, a bucket system video, which then I can remove out of my preview and strategy video, and they all can be shorter. But I think. I'm moving and I don't have a lot of time to do a lot of things. So I'm just going to stick to a preview and a strategy and that's it. Yeah. So makes sense. I actually started, I moved my review to my preview video now. So I'm not doing a review video oh, anymore. Nice. Yeah. Do the quick recap at the beginning. Yeah. So I'm just what about trying you, to make Josh, it. where are you, when are you, when's the model? When just swish. Tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, one of those days. Wednesday. Whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Um, I've, I've actually been, I have, I have started getting people to ask me to ask to pay me for it. So that's amazing. Hey man, so we may have to pretty wild, pretty wild. I'm, de- I, I'm doing, I'm just running the, this model cause I like it and it's fun. And then I just post it to Twitter and other people like it too. So like, okay. So I, I'm actually not entirely sure how to handle all of this. Cause like. Follower count, as we know, going way up. Stuff is happening, and I'm just like, I started doing this just because I, I like it and it's fun. So I like, I have no clue how to like maneuver these waters. So I'm still kind of figuring. I out. wouldn't, I wouldn't give anyone access to the engine behind it. I would, just- I will, I am definitely not gonna. So I, I'm running it through a spreadsheet. Yep. I'm definitely not going to take the spreadsheet that has the formulas and all. Just I'm not going to put that out. Yeah. For sure. Copy but, and paste numbers only. <laughs> yeah. And no, speak, 
no formula. Because I don't, I don't, and that actually would be fine. Most like most of the people that send me messages are like, "Hey, can you like give me the next twenty people or stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, right. yeah dude, I'll send you that. It's no problem." Okay, so happens all the time. Right but like, if I start putting like the formulas I'm using and stuff out there, then like I start getting nervous that sharks and stuff are going to take that who have way more money than I do and start building the website or they're just going to use it and no you sell it themselves stuff so i get people is like people ask me all the time like why don't you just post the whole thing and i'm like well i just here's like i'm I'm nervous there are people out there that are going to steal it to be honest if you if you put time and effort into something like your content what you provide is free that's free for sure yeah but your hard work your your you know sweat tears blood whatever you don't give that for free. Like I would never give away my formulas for free either, but I'll give you my cheat sheet. I don't have an issue with that. Yeah. The names. Yeah. But I don't, I, what, what is taking me three years to put together? I'm just going to give to, you know, for free for everybody. It's like, get out of here, (laughs) you know, like, but yeah, I don't mind doing the cheat sheet. That's fine. You get everything that I'm looking at and I'm talking about just like what you would do with your spreadsheet give away you know 100 golfers or 100 maybe all of them 156 golfers somebody somebody sent me a message and said how much do i have to pay you to have the whole list i'm like nothing like here here is every week (laughs) i just screenshot it it and send it to him but like if somebody was like give me the whole spreadsheet including like all the formulas and stuff be like right or right chad wouldn't Patreon would be perfect because then it's yeah. protected and they have to yep. pay in order to get access to it. Right? Oh, yeah. How it goes? Oh, yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm but not Josh wants more. Want, Josh wants to do more than that. I think. I don't Patreon think, is like, I, it's a limited. I, I think there's more I can build into it, but then yeah. the more effort I put into it, the more it's going to be yeah, turning more into charge like a job. Or so then I feel like I would Fuck that. Have to be paid for uh, it or just not do it. So I'm gonna go check on my family. Now uh we will be back again next week for the uh like I said, the Twitter d- deep dive. Plus, um I did listen to the show that you guys did. I uh was driving back and forth from Farmington, so I got I got through most of the it. The three hour one? Uh yeah, the one you guys did a couple weeks ago. I think the strokes gain stat one. I mean, obviously we have to dig dive deep into that. That's an amazing <laughs> potential podcast so we're going to talk about that i do think that i have enough uh strategy content and i really do want to bounce it off darbo and like just see if it sticks to darbo or darbo's like just whacking it right back and saying hell no dude you're an idiot so we'll have i think strategy is a big thing because especially on thursdays there's not much names and reasons to talk about so for, for the summer like going into this is how many players i use in my player pool uh, this is what I like about my process. I like making correlated lineups. This is how I do it. And then yeah. we kind of dig into some of those topics. I think that's kind of a fun idea throughout the summer. That gives us a chance to get away from what we do on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because we do a different stuff on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then Thursday allows us a little bit of this evergreen stuff that maybe you can come back to in a couple of weeks and come and, and it's we're still relevant. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Uh, if you guys want to keep chatting, you guys keep chatting. But I, I haven't seen my wife. <laughs> she went to this my church wife. thing, and then I had to put all three kids to bed tonight. So that was I was hey, doing that. Job. Nice, I, congratulations! I went live before she even got home, and I could hear her getting home at like eight thirty. And we went live at eight thirty. So I'm gonna go check 
she might even be in bed. I'm not sure. She's probably mad at me. She's always mad at me. But again, I will be in my new studio next Thursday. So definitely join for next Thursday's podcast. I'm going to have stuff between now and then on Edina Realty Twitter. Darbo is at Sweet Spot DFS. He's got his YouTube page, Jish Swish. That's a Twitter page you need to follow if you're, you're probably following that. Or don't. But, I don't yeah. care. So uh, <laughs> keep chatting. These guys love to chat about actual golf stuff. Um, so, again, we'll probably get way more into that. Less so about life and gripes, but we can go back and forth. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So After you get yeah. off here, we're going to be talking about your life and gripes. <laughs> yes, of course. I might join you back if my wife's asleep and everyone's quiet upstairs. Yep. I might come right back. So, uh, Darvo, uh, good to see you. Thank you for Thank joining you. us. Just Swish. Thanks for producing. Peace out, boys. Bye. Maybe I'll Bye. be back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I tried to ask this question earlier, and now I want to know. So, bucket system. Yeah. So, Recent history matters in the bucket system, right? So I I asked it like early on and we're flying through it. So is do you look at the bu- bucket system different recent history for majors versus like we like this week we have we have the Byron and Nelson. So last three tournaments or whatever. Do you look at the last three tournaments different for the Byron versus majors? Have you like looked into that? No. So here's, uh, here's what I've, I've observed looking at this for, you know, two years now with it's basically been the same thing for the last year, but going back two years, it's been recent form tournament event history last year and last week finishes. Um, Major championships always have the best golfers in it. Duh, for sure. Brainer. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really no. So my observation is this: there are recent form matters, like really good recent form matters, way more at major championships than it does regular events. But typically at regular events, you have like somewhere between two to five golfers who have like an average finishing position under 20. Everybody lives in that 40 to 60 range. So that's missed cuts, top 20s, 40s, 60s, you know, those types of finishes where what would you even classify that as for recent form? Middle of the pack? And so, so those regular events, middle of the pack tends to, to fare better, but it's also a volume game where, like I said, sometimes in that that 20 and under average finishing position bucket only has two golfers in it. So like how do you even compare that? Because now now it's a it's a volume game where it's right. And same goes with like the six K range. You typically have like somewhere between eighty to hundred golfers in the six K range. Oh hey, two of them showed up inside the top ten. That means you want to play a six K golfer. Yeah. Well, play your percentages. Like you got a two percent chance to get the right golfer right in your lineup. So good luck, you know. Um, but it's a little bit easier. So like these major championships, I think, is kind of like the uh, what your general layman basically would understand about golf. 
You need good course history. You need good um, recent form. They gotta. They have to have a good finish from last year or whatever. It's like, yep, all all those things are true because they all do show up inside the top ten more often than not. And we we mostly see that as humans because we're always trying to put patterns together, right? Uh, to you know quantify everything. But yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, here here, here are the numbers. I'm looking at the top tens dating back to 2014, and I I will expand this to 2013. I just it's been a slow update as I go week to week with every single every single event. Recent forms in that that one to twenty bucket. So your best recent form. Um, minus twenty twenty and twenty twenty was like an aberration, like or not aberration, but it's it's it's, it's a fa- it's a fake call here. Let's be honest. Well, Phil Mickelson it's won. Half, 60- it's half fake. <laughs> Phil Mickelson won at sixty seven hundred dollars. You know, right. and, and like that. So you take last tournaments. The whole year, though, mostly fake. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) So remove that PGA Championship from it. Right. I'm just, again, I'm just looking at the PGA Championship. I could tell you about this with the the Masters because I remember just doing that recently. Your numbers would be very similar with the Masters. But in 2019, there were four golfers that had that 20 and under average finishing position inside the top 10. So four of the top 10 had really good recent form. Then it was two in 2018, three in 2017, two in 2016, five in 2015, and five in 2014. So, like, it's nuts how, you know, if you have a really good recent form coming into this event, how good it is. And, and my recent form, just for anyone listening later on, is the last seven weeks. I'm basically looking at the last two months. I mean, I mean obviously, you and I could argue, like, what happened a month ago doesn't really matter. It's maybe the last three or four weeks, but to it's normalize, all, it, honestly, it's all individual based anyway. What, what happened right. two months ago could matter for somebody. Yeah. What happened two months ago for somebody else could literally mean nothing. I think for so, me, when it comes to this whole golf stuff, it's easier to quantify because then you can finally put an Adam Scott into your recent form where if you sure. didn't, if it was just like the last four weeks, he wouldn't have a, a you know, a start at all before right, a championship. Sure. Or just a tournament. And it's like, well, that's hard to, that would be hard to quantify. So anyways, yeah. Recent form matters. And like I was telling you before, so does event history. Event history is interesting to me because like they don't play this event at the same course, obviously. Right. They're moving it all over. Yep. I Maybe they are. This is me guessing. But like the courses are not on the same grass, I don't think. No. Wherever they move it around to. Correct. So. Not the same place, not the same grass. The, I mean, they're probably not setting it up, but maybe they are setting it up similarly. No, I, we have no idea really how they're trying to set up the tournament every year. So just like the, like all the, all the things that go into like just teeing off on the first hole is completely different every single year. So when we talk about, event history in the like in this situation or the u.s open or the open they all it's all the same like in my brain it's like what why are we even looking at it because different courses different places different setups different grass different all this stuff so why does it matter but it you know well here here from from what you've seen it kind of does i think so so this is also what i've learned like digging into this because 
if we were to take and actually let me go to 2021 and take a look at the best like tournament history golfers um so like Colin Morikawa is one of them for so sure yeah last <clears throat> year there were only six golfers in that top 20 you know having an average finish finishing position of 20 and under i'll i'll name you the names morikawa scheffler jason day robert streb which probably only has one event on, uh, to, <laughs> yes, you know. it is probably one event brooks kepka and lonto griffin who just off the top of your head tell me who you think was in the top 10 from last year's event last year's tournament i mean I'll, I... I'll go through the names again Morikawa, Scheffler, Day, Streb, Kepka, Griffin. I mean, I have just named one name. There were three guys who top ten. I mean, I I would assume Colin is one of them. Yep. Um, I don't think Brooks is playing very good golf, so I don't think he Brooks was is the one guy. Of them. It was him. It was it was a boxing match between him and Phil. Remember? Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. So Brooks. Yeah. And then so he was uh, second and Scheffler was the other top 10 chef Scheffler. Sure. Well, Jason day finished 44th and guess what? Robert Streb, as, as we laugh, he made the cut and finished 59th. So when you look at that whole bucket, the only, the only thing that didn't work out was Lonto Griffin. He missed the cut, but the rest of them made the cut. So six golfers, three of them are kind of, I mean, two of them, two of them are just like, no, I would never like Griffin right. and Robert Streb. You, we laugh at Robert Streb. We did. He was in a bucket that made the cut. Now, you're not winning a GPP with Robert Streb, but he still made the cut. Right. Um, you, but, you can win money making cuts, man. True. But to go to, like, this is what happens, I think, with humans in general. It's like, okay, that bucket always produces a top 10. Well, then you got to look at the names, you know? For sure. All right. Yes, that bucket was successful. I just told you, you know, almost every year there's two guys with good event history that show up inside the top 10. Morikawa, Scheffler, Brooks. Like, when you when you hear the names, you're just like, yeah, then it doesn't really, they're high caliber golfers. It doesn't really matter. It's like, right. true. But this is what I would say for anyone listening. Don't get caught up in the Robert Strebs and the Lonto Griffins. Even if they are in that bucket, they're not the golfers you should be choosing. No. So it, it kind of goes, you know, several different ways. And you, you really got to use your brain and not, you know, like galaxy brain yourself here. It's that's that is like a it's a crazy thing of like using. So like I post a, I post my thing. You have your stuff. Everybody posts their models. But like you can post all the models you want. But if if all you're doing is looking at the names and saying, Ooh, name and model click you're not you're not doing enough work right like i can post a model and there'll be somebody top 10 in the model paul casey top 10 in the model but he just withdrew two weeks in a row like you get you have to think about that and say right is he hurt like you have to think about a lot of things or you can just like anybody else you can think about has he been playing enough? Has, has he taken a whole lot of weeks off? Has he actually been really bad? And a couple stats are maybe looking good. Like you, if you're just 
plugging shit into a model and then it spits out names and you're like, those are my names, baby. That's what I'm going with. You're going to be fucked. Right. What you, what you have to do is you have to, what you do and what I do, spit out your model. Whatever model you want to use, it actually does not matter because most of the time it's pretty random, I think. I mean, what I think my model does and what I think you think your stuff does it gives you closer than what other people do. So fine. It's an outline. But it gives you it gives you a list of names, whoever they are. Then you have to look at all those individual names and say, does this actually make sense? Is there other things behind the scenes that maybe stats can't tell you? Like there there's way more than just Hey, buddy, tell me the names and then I'll just put them into my lineup. Like, if you want to be successful at the, especially for golf, especially for golf, if you want to be successful, you have to, if you're going to run a model, great. Run a model, look at the names. You got to start vetting through all of it and say, right. Does it actually make sense or is like, are things inflated or deflated? Like, so it's, there's a lot more work to, to be done in golf than there. Like if you're playing football or basketball, like you can, a lot of times you can just throw stats in a machine and it'll spit out great names for basketball. And it'll be like, play this guy. He's guaranteed to make guaranteed to get 15 rebounds. And he probably will. It happens all the time. So then that's what you do. Well, people, like basketball. people make a ton of money in basketball doing that shit, but it's well, like, isn't basketball you can't really? do that with golf. Just understanding the replacements and knowing yeah, there's matchups yeah. and all that types of stuff. Yep. Like if you can understand that stuff in basketball, and you can plug all that into a yep, exactly. any type of generator. You right. can't do that with a call. You had if you're gonna use stats, it'll spit stuff out, and then you have to you literally have to look at every single name and say, What else is behind the scenes here? True. Especially injuries, by the way, because it's yep. never reported. I mean, like just going back to our strokes gain conversation from a couple weeks ago, it's like, how often do you hear like a Rick run good talk about a $7,600 golfer going, Hey, I'm seeing trends here. He's, he's his approach game. He's coming back to his approach game. The last three weeks, it's been positive gaining. It's like, but you don't know how he's gaining those positive right. strokes gain. Like a lot of times when I'm watching them, I'm like, yeah, Look at the fucking off the T stats. They're awful. Like, right. it, it, it's like one or the other. Like, if you have bad right. off the T and good approach, that shit mitigates, you know, it itself. Does. That's not me thinking, oh, his approach game is back on point. No, it's not. It means he had a more difficult shot going into the green and he was able to right. hit and he green. And he did it well. Yeah. yeah. Or he put a 230-yard shot from the rough because he clipped a branch off the tee box <laughs> right. and it, it only went 140 yards or whatever. And he had 240 yards to get in the green. He put a, a five wood onto the green. That's a hard fucking shot. And right. he parked it 20 feet away from the hole. It's not a good birdie opportunity, but his strokes gain approach is pretty fucking fantastic. for yeah, that one it, hole. It looked way good. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, and that, that's also a big problem with strokes gained is I, <laughs> I had somebody said to me tweets, early on in the week about how strokes gained are flawed, which is very true. Strokes gained is, well, I, I know what you're talking about. Flawed. Yeah. I, I, I assume you know what I'm talking about, but all shots strokes are, gained are relatively flawed, but they're as good as we can get. But Correct. again, like we're saying, 
But if you understand how strokes gained works mm -hmm. and all the stuff that goes into it, then you can look at a specific event and say, this guy gained a bunch of strokes uh, approach. Your next question, a lot of people say, gained a bunch of uh, strokes approach. Done. It shouldn't be done. You should no, have a next question that says, why? Yep. How did that happen? And like you said, for some people, it's because they were mashing in the trees and they're hitting these sweet cuts around the corner that are landing on the green. Like, I mean, have, you have to look deeper in, especially, especially strokes gain. You have to look deeper into why the numbers are the way they are. A, a follower said this a, a long time ago that you can't just strictly look at stats. Like half of your you brain, really, you, no. you got to use both sides of your brain. Like you got to use, you, you certainly want to look at your analytics, obviously. I, For but sure. Don't let that be your end all be all because you can see something. Like if I was watching, so here, here's a, well, I don't have a specific example. I was going to use JT today. Because when I left to go hit range balls, it was, he was plus two. And I'm like, haha, I figured he was going to suck this week. And then he turns out yeah. it's minus four. It's like, yeah, wow. yeah. But, anyways, if you, so we like watching Tiger uh, at the Masters. Here's a good example watching Tiger at the Masters, day one, four under or whatever he shot. Like, it, it was good, whatever it was. It was good. Yeah. Okay. So that's in Tiger, like, that's in Tiger's back pocket. But then when the tournament ends, what happens? Oh, you finished 50th place. He went he went 78, 78. His his way. strokes gain stats were in the negative. But hold and this is what I would say to everybody. You gotta look at potential because that's all that matters when it comes to, to DraftKings. It's you if you saw Tiger able his first round back at the one of the biggest golf tournaments in the world, shoot a four under. And I get it, the walking over time, you know. That and what they say about Augusta, by the way, it's the hardest walking course of correct. all time. So, right. so you kind of have to use a little bit of your brain. But here's the other thing, too. Here's, here's, a, here's a great rebuttal to that. You, you, you can't put too much investment in that either. Because True. Oh, Southern Hills is a flat golf course. That means Tiger's not going to have his walking issues. No, he's still going to have his walking issues. It's a long fucking course. It's yeah. I don't know what they're playing it at, but it's way over 7,000 yards. I guarantee that. So round one at the Masters, he shoots four under. Let's say at round one at Southern Hills, he shoots two under. And that's a good score. You know, yeah. that we're, we're projecting it to be a good score. For sure. Round two, he might even go three under on top of that two under. So now he's five under. Maybe he's in first place. Okay. Two rounds have gone by on a flat golf course. He's still going to get tired. He, it, For just, sure. Round three and round four is going to happen. You know? And and maybe he finishes twentieth place or thirtieth place or whatever. That's a good finish for Tiger, oh, for sure. But the 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 analytics aren't going to show that. They won't. Nope. If you looked at his Masters performance and you just were to look at that and go, yeah, I don't know. He he he's a he's his iron game is there. He's rusty. <laughs> right. Exactly. How do you how do you see that? You know, looking at stats, you can't. That, that's what bothers me about. All of the stat nerds out there is his 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 approach game was good. Really? Did you watch anything? Like to me, hitting out of the rough is. I mean, 
let's put 30% error on it. Or or like you have a, a 70% chance to, to hit a good shot out of the rough sure. most, yep. at most places. Sure. Yep. So if a golfer puts it within four feet on three of those shots and he normally or he has been struggling with, and this goes back to what I was saying before, but let's say he's he struggles approach leading into this event. And in that event, he hits those three shots within four feet from the rough. You can kind of chalk that up to chance to some point. I don't think there's a 100%. lot of skill. I mean, there is. These guys are all skillful. But then you got to put that 30% error like in involved in that. And then you just realize, okay, a little bit of it was chance. A little 100%. bit of it was good luck. This is and this is actually a, a big problem with strokes gain too. It's strokes gained gives you a decent amount of information. And if you want more, the more detail you go with the less population of stats that there are. Correct. Yep. So the more you spread it out, the more randomness comes in. So the and I will go back to this guy, but he's like a a twenty foot or twenty foot. 20 so foot downhill, 20 foot uphill, downhill, whatever. So he he gave that that example, but like there's not you don't have that a ton on the PGA tour that's recorded. So if it happens three times, us as people looking at stats have no clue whether that's skill or whether it's just kind of random good or bad luck. Right. So you have to have like this. You have to have a medium here where it's like all the stats come together and they normalize a little bit and then things kind of make sense. But then you have to also understand that like a lot of golf, because golf is so hard, is just it's luck, whether it's good or bad luck, even like so sometimes like a a lot of the hole in ones you hear all the a lot of the interviews you hear. They're like, oh, how the how did that hole in one work? And they're like, well, I was aiming like five yards right of the pin, and I accidentally pulled, pulled it, it. Yep. and it landed on this down slope, and, and then it went in the hole. Right. This happens all the time. Yeah, so, you hear it all. And the time. also, that happens for bad luck too. Correct. You could be aiming right of the pin, and then you accidentally push it, and now you're short sighted in a bunker, and you're fine. Right. So, we. I mean, stats are what they are, and they normalize over time. But then you also have to think about how how much luck, good or bad, goes into those. And it's so I, I mean, just would, just using stats is not good enough. You have right. to you have to think about all the stuff that goes into it. It, uh, I think you and I were saying this or talking about this. At least I think I mentioned it before, where I was like, it kind of sucks that like. I mean, if you have a lot of money, you can do this. But also, if you're affiliated with like the PGA Tour, you also get this av- available to you. So, like the Rick Run Goods of the world, maybe Fantasy National probably has. Oh, they have they have the stats for sure. But I'm saying they have an agreement with the PGA that's going to give them shot link data. Right. And yep. Exactly. That sucks for us because I think we can analyze that much better than those guys can. For sure, I would 100 percent agree. And. What I'd love to do is just put a standard deviation on on all strokes gain stats round by round. That For way sure. you can take out the penalty shots and see kind of someone at their because you're you're right, stats do normalize, but take out the unlucky shots. Right, exactly. For sure. Because that's not if you and I go to the driving range, 
and we just keep hitting shot after shot after shot and they keep going on the same green not not we're not super good at it but let's say we park it within 12 15 feet at a 130 yard you know shot we can do that pretty regularly on a driving range but when you get out of a golf course and we hit our drive over into the rough we didn't practice that shot on the driving for range. sure and and then you know depending on what's in our way or whatever that shot is so much different than on the driving range now what i'm trying to get at is those pros on the driving range can put everything within three feet almost on a probably yeah flat so, perfect lie you can right. you can place your ball how you want to play like and, and sure. some of these golf courses they have to place it in a five-foot circle in order to get close to the hole and some people and this would be to chad's point press their luck like how often do you ever hear a, a, a tour player going well I saw so-and-so at six under. This is the final round. I saw him at six under. I knew I needed to birdie this hole, and I had to eagle the next hole in order to get even more close. Well, then they finished the tournament where they were only four shots behind, which would have been, say, 15th place. They instead bogey the hole they wanted to birdie, and they par the hole they wanted to eagle or whatever. Yep. And that ends up turning, that ends up pushing them to 30th place. Now, when we look at that just from a individual basis and even from a strokes gain vantage point, they didn't do that well. They, they did right. okay, but like they didn't do that great. But in that golfer's mind, he knows he can birdie that next hole and he knows he can eagle that next hole. It's in their potential. Yep. So then when you have a Sebastian Munoz today, I mean, we've seen this from Sebastian Munoz before. I mean, it, there's a joke by somebody on Twitter that's like, you always, oh, I think it's PJ Tout. Like you just yeah, PJ Tout loves Munoz. Yeah, uh, the leader. But that's 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 Munoz's his his shtick. He can shoot like sub zero. Like he can just go sub zero and just fucking cr torch a course. Mm -hmm. But then the next day, watch we see him shoot a seventy four tomorrow. Right, he probably will. You know what? The, you know what the funny thing about him is. So uh, Chad was texting me today. He's like Munoz first round leader. He does it all the time. I'm like, it, or it said something about like best first round golfer of all time, something like that. So I looked up his uh, round one scoring stats. He's damn near last in first yeah. round scoring. Because he but has those like, spike weeks. He just goes off randomly. So yeah. that's why you have to be careful with stats because it's there. You can look it up and say, this dude just randomly pops. He'll go 10 under in a tournament the first round a lot of times. But if you just look at first round stats, he's 156 in the on tour this year. So it's like you again, you just what what you have been saying, what I've been saying. The stats are there, but then you also have to look more into like why are the stats the way they are? So right. Well, and I think what happens is the older you get on the PGA tour the more conservative you become on your shot selections. Because Probably, yeah. You, as a JT, you learn when you play like Sebastian Munoz, you're going to have those those huge, you know, round score. Like, you're going to have a very bad second round or third round or fourth round when you play those strategies all the time. And I think, like, DJ today, I think he just... And I think just even you, me, to some extent we have tester shots that we play on a golf course. We're like, 
I'm going to go after this pin. I'm going to see, you know, do I have it or whatever? And you do it. And you're like, okay, all right. I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Let's do it on the next hole. You do it again. You're like, okay. Now you and me, the next time we we try that on the next hole, we we put it in the water. Like there's a pin on the left side of the green and there's water surrounding the left side of the green. We're like, (laughs) let's do this. Oh, pulled it. Yep. Of course. Now it's in the water. Shocker. Right. But like those guys, when they get in that group, just like Sebastian was talking about in his post round interview, he was like, I just, I caught a heater and I just felt good on everything that happens in golf. It does. But I think those older golfers, they just know not to press it as much. And I think when it comes to a lot of those, those birdie fests, you don't see a lot of their names at the top. No, you just, you see a lot of, well, first of all, you see a lot of desperate down at the bottom golfers who are in their forties or whatever, still trying to keep their card. They pop every once in a while in those types of events. But then you, you see a lot of young names. I mean, if you were to pull up the leaderboard, how many young golfers are at the top of that? There's leaderboard? a lot of them. Yeah, and that's that your corn. I was getting golf. I was getting texts about a guy named Max McGreevy today. Yeah, like who is Max McGreevy? Well, I can tell you who he is because I know. But guess what? He's my random six K golfer, and I randomize. He's one of them. Don't don't get me wrong. I only played <laughs> one of him. I randomize my lineups in my contests. He's in our uh, golf or uh, fantasy golf pod lineup. So if you go and oh, check you got him in, there. Nice. in our league, if you go and check that lineup, I have McGreevy. No reason why. No reason. Like, I just, I randomize that stuff. And that's like the the Quagness and Chads of the world. You know, when I took down uh, the Nagels, they're like, you could have won 25000 if you just put in the $5. It's like, but I don't, I just create all unique lineups. I don't have <laughs> right. a core lineup that I'm just like, this has to be in every single one of my contests. I don't know if that one's going to do well. Like, I don't know the one that has two six keg offers is going to be the best lineup. And when I, when I put it in a Nagel's lineup, I'm just like, whatever, like it's going to give me the best chance to win. Cause it's just going to be different. It's not going to be three, eight K golfers, two, seven K's. And then whatever the, I can like, fill in like the everybody else does. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I'm just like, well, this is a good lineup. I don't like it. So I'm not going to ri- like in my mind, for whatever reason, I'm like, Whatever's the most risky lineups, I put in the most conservative contests. And that's why, like, in my leagues, I'm I'm usually really it's bad because it's not a conservative lineup, it's not a cash lineup. It's it's probably one of the better GPP lineups to put into a GPP. But mm-hmm. then when it comes to those GPPs, I'm like, Max McGreevy, nah, you know what? A better six K golfer would have been Matt Wallace. I'll put Matt Wallace. <laughs> and then Matt Wallace fucking tanks. You know, it's like, well, I should have put Max McGreevy there. But anyways, yeah. I. Oh, we just got a tornado warning. Are, wait, did you, did, have you moved north? Yeah. No, 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 no. Tornado watch in Richfield right now. Oh, that's like uh, pretty close to the cities. I don't have one. Last night was weird. So... Oh, it just we, had tea, now. we had a tea time yesterday at like 3.30. And during the day, we're like, I don't even know if we're going to play at all. And yeah. then as the day goes on, we're like, we'll probably get nine holes in. And then it'll start like, we'll like be nervous about getting struck by lightning and have to leave. Whole, whole round goes through. We played the whole fucking round. And then after, we're like, 
It's actually nice outside. So we sat on the patio for another hour, and hour and a half. Out of nowhere. And then I we leave. I go home. I get home and just downpour. Yeah. Thunder, lightning. We didn't actually get hail. There were like cities close to us were getting hail and stuff. We, we got hail. Richfield. But you guys got hail. There was a in Coon Rapids, there was a tornado. Was like, there? Like, apparently confirmed touchdown. So I was talking to a, 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 a girlfriend who was in um shit, I forget the suburb. Oh, Plymouth. She was in Plymouth and she lives in, in St. Louis Park. And yep. she said, Yeah, it was dark out or whatever, but the high winds and the rain came out of nowhere. Yeah, they they did here too. I mean, we got we were getting high winds, we were getting rain, we we're getting it was it never felt like it was like dangerous territory, but then like I'm hearing people that lived if I were to drive 20 minutes, 20 minutes to their house, they were like bunkering in in their basements like afraid for tornadoes. Ooh, I think there's going to be another tornado near St. Cloud. Wow. That's amazing. Quagness was saying something about uh It looks nasty. Quagness was saying something about there being like tornado problems around him too. I was like you're just getting the storm we got last night. There is a Wow. Is that a tornado watch or a tornado? It's wow. a cherry limeade thing, by the way. Bud Light oh. Seltzer Retro Tie-Dye Cherry Limeade. Fantastic. Good. So they got blue raspberry. Decent. It tastes like a, a blue dum-dum. Okay. Sounds if you good. like those, it's good. Um, They make like a hard soda or... Yeah, a hard soda. So they got like Yeah, there's another tornado touchdown right now. Oh, it's touchdown? That's what uh the wonder map thing is is telling me. It it just it doesn't say tornado watch, it just says tornado. Oh wow. There's one uh near Litchfield and then there's one near Little Falls. Oh my god, there's four. Four tornado that can't be right. I, I... trying to find i i don't know where you can find where there is a tornado but did i tell you i uh i bought the uh bushnell launch pro did i tell you about this you you, you sent me a, a a text message with the nice yep, yeah i figured i figured i did i took it out of the box today i got delivered haven't used it yet what's the uh What's the tornado situation now? Well, they're not, they're very short lived. So I don't know if it's like something that actually touches down because, like, this goes by every five minutes and it blinks on and it blinks off where there's, there was like, I don't know if there's actual tornadoes or not. But I'm, I'm seeing five tornado symbols. Wow. On, on one still. As it's going through the St. Cloud area, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is not a city's problem because I'm I'm looking out here and the wheat uh, leaves on the trees aren't even blowing. So, yeah, it looks like something is coming close to us that has hail. Um, Interesting. 
Elk River looked like there was a tornado spotting. But currently we're in the clear, but how the storm is tracking, like coming towards us, it's looks like it's gonna hit us. We're gonna get hit with something very, very I'd say within the next that's uh, probably the next hour. Speaking of speaking of wind, uh playing the fucking wind is impossible, by the way. Nearly impossible. I find it kind of I've hit some of my best shots with some really shitty wind. It's it's really fun. I I, I actually would prefer so like I got a I got a qualifier coming up in, on the nineteenth, so a week a week from today. And I would prefer that the qualifier turns up to be like windy, maybe even a little rain, all all that types of I would prefer it to be like bad conditions because I think when you're playing golf in, in like bad conditions, the mental part of the game is way more important. You mm-hmm. gotta think more through shots, you gotta consider the grass that you're about to hit out of, all this types of stuff. Whereas like if it's 75, sunny, relatively firm and fast, like anybody knows how to play golf out of that. But as as soon as the wind starts blowing, you might have a little mud on your ball, that type of stuff. Like you have to start thinking about golf. And I think people like me and you and more analytical people are like, I can think my way through that. Yeah. And then you have more, have a better chance to be successful. So I it's hard and it's fucking racks your brain, but I think I think I would prefer to like play that way because it feels like it's a little more fun to me. Mm-hmm. Whether I mean I, going out and playing in seventy five sun, getting a tan, like hitting shit close, like that's fun too. But like if you're playing a little competitively, I think like putting a little elements in the in the weather is kind of fun. I agree. I, I kind of prefer it. Heck yeah, dude. I don't uh I don't disagree. I hit a, a nine iron one time from a hundred and eighty yards. It was playing a little downhill. Wow. Uh there were trees in front of me, so I'd I'd hit it kind of in the in the trees to the right. And I picked a nine iron because I couldn't think of another club that I could actually hit it over the trees with. <laughs> so I basically like swung like tiger at the 2000. Oh yeah. That, you know, out of the rough, I yep. basically swung like that just out of my, like out of my shoes and I had to play a cut shot. So basically I'm hitting the shot this way and the wind is going this way. So I hit a cut that followed that wind. So basically my cut turned down, downwind. Right. So it started to turn like it was going to, carve like well it's a nine iron it's not going to carve a lot but it's it it's it's turning like it's going to go about 20 30 feet to the right and i think the wind straightens it out and it just tracks towards the hole and i leave an albatross this short jeez yep it was on an uphill and i hit right on that uphill like right maybe a foot in front of the the hole and it just took one bounce and it stopped and i'm like amazing Come on, like it's so close. <laughs> At a tap, tap an eagle. I should call That's it a double eagle, an albatross. Tap an eagle is amazing. Yeah, I got a, I got a big problem with, uh, especially in the wind. And if I, like, yes, yesterday, 
for example, pretty windy and we're in a cart. So I'm getting to the ball real fast. And I'm trying to make decisions real fast. So yeah. like, I'm sure you took your time and thought through like, I'll just, the only option I have is nine iron and we'll see what happens. I, I do this all the time. I get to a shot and I'm like, here's the yardage club swing. Yep. And I don't think about the rest club yardage, wind, lie, rough spin, all this. I don't sometimes, sometimes a lot of times I do, but sometimes I don't, don't think about it. And then I just fucking like, I'll hit a perfect shot and be like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, yeah, like yesterday wind wind was a problem yesterday, obviously, because the storm's going, I had, Four shots probably yesterday where I get to my ball. Actually, the worst shot of the whole day. I'm 30, just barely missed the green. I'm like 30 feet or so off the green, but 30 feet for eagle. So I'm chipping and I'm like, I step it off. And I'm like 30 feet, cool. And then my brain says chip it 30 feet. But when you look at the green, if you chip it 30 feet, you're rolling it off the green and 30 yards away. But the never process in my brain. So so I'm over here practicing these 30-foot chips. Bang, 30 feet. Hit this perfect fucking chip. It lands 25 feet. Got this sweet spin. Hits the downslope. Runs way off the green. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. And, the, and then now I'm chipping, got to chip it back up to, onto the green and probably, I, no, I did chip it back up on the green, not a great chip, two-putted bogey. And I could have had a good look at birdie and a guaranteed par. <laughs> like, it's just, it's. Uh. I will get a shot in my head that I can't get out. So I can look at a hole and say I have 175 yards. I mean, that would be my eight iron, but it's strong. So it's just, it's my old seven iron, like 175, 180. And I'm like, pin is in the left spot. It's on a downhill. I want to hit a draw into this. Like, this is going to be perfect. So yep. like, I put a little bit more draw than I typically do on it. And what I failed to realize is putting more draw on it is going to give me more yards. More distance. Yeah. Yep. And so I missed my mark completely. And I actually landed on the backside of the green, which is downhill, which now I'm, you know, like it's a worse shot. Ran it off and you're short-sided. Yep. And I'm like, why did I think I could have just, I could have hit a nice and easy draw that would have been no more than 10 feet to the right of the pin. You know, like I don't, I don't need to get super fancy, but I have like this mindset, like, I know this is the shot I need to hit on this hole. And it's like, oh, or the other thing is if I, if I think I don't have a lot of green and I, I want to shape something in so I can get that side bounce, you know, to get closer to the hole, as opposed to just landing it by the hole and releasing right. out, like I would rather go left than go forward because then I'm mitigating that distance. So I'll do that. And I'll, I'll think like, oh, I need to whatever go up to the green and here's something I don't realize because I'm using the little gun. I'm like, oh, 100, 150 yards. Got it. So I, I need to shape this low trapping draw into this pin because otherwise yeah. I can't get anywhere close. Go up there and I'm like, it was a middle 
pin. What the <laughs> fuck were you exactly. thinking? Exactly. Like you didn't need to shape anything. Exactly. And, and like me trying to overshape something, it just fucked me. Like I now I'm short sighted on the left side. And yep. I'm like, I could I could hit a cut into this and it would have been just fine. Yep. So it's it's wild. Actually, I think that's why uh tour or or wherever, I think like having a caddy with you is just to talk through shots. Well, yep. whether or not it's whether or not they're are even valuable to you, like I could have somebody that knows nothing about golf with me and just carry my bag. But if they're standing next to you, now you you probably have to feel like you have to talk about what shot you're going to hit. And then as you say it out loud, you can be like, well, shit, actually, that's not, that's not like the best idea ever. And actually, this is why I think I at some point I thought caddies on the PGA Tour probably don't matter. I thought this at some point, but as I've been playing more competitive golf and thinking through like my own shots and how like things could help me be better as like a relatively close to scratch golfer, like having somebody that barely, even barely understands golf stand next to me and I can just say what I'm thinking and they can process that and rebound options back to me or, or say, yeah, it's a good idea. Like, that's the value there isn't is like insanely yeah. good like it's i have a, a i think caddies that... are are extremely undervalued now yeah. the more i'm playing golf especially competitive golf the more i'm realizing that having somebody smart standing next to you is crazy valuable i think yeah. well or that knows your game because that a, too that's important too obviously a buddy of mine that i've i've played golf with since high school he's he's my normal like partner when it comes to scrambles like it's always him and i and then maybe two other people one other person or just him and i um and there there have been instances where i i go up to a a a hole and it's a golf course i've played thousands and thousands of times and i'm like nine iron here gotta hit my nine iron and my buddy goes well on the last hole in the same direction he goes on the last hole you you clubbed up and you were pin high. Do you think you should hit a, you know, the club up? And I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. There's wind in my face. Had I not been stopped, I would have went along and hit a nine iron and, and you know, whatever. And then there's moments where we don't consult and I hit a nine iron and it's short, like it doesn't even reach the green. And he goes, what club did you hit there? And I'm like my nine. He goes, well, I, and we hit distances pretty similar. He goes, well, I hit my seven and I'm like, <laughs> Oh really? And he goes, well, yeah, th- there's a, like a strong wind in our face. I'm like, this, I, it happens a lot with me too. I don't know why I didn't even think about the wind. I was just like, if I can pierce a shot, it's going to go right through the wind and you know, whatever. And then I don't pierce a shot because I'm not that good at golf. Right. You know, but I still hit something that would have went 145 yards or 100, you know, whatever. It would have still went the distance I wanted it to go. But because of the wind, and obviously if you miss hit a shot into the wind or with any wind, it's just going to get compounded. Get eaten up. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. So I agree with you just to like talk it over. Cause like, I like, I'm like kind of Bubba in a way. I like to be creative whenever possible but i don't play golf courses that require that creativity all the time 
You I'm can't just, in Minnesota, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. Uh, what I'm trying to do is like trying not to hit a straight shot. But guess what? I'm okay at hitting straight shots. Like I can hit a five yard cut. I can hit a five yard draw, pretty on command if I just swing normal. But I'm like, ooh, left pin, gotta hook something in there, or right pin, gotta slice something in there. And a buddy of mine, that that same guy, he, uh, we were in a tournament near St. Cloud, and he goes. What are you doing? I'm aiming like 30 yards to the left. I'm trying to hit this banana cut into the green. Yep. With like a nine or a pitching wedge. You, you're not going to do it with those clubs. He's like, what are you doing right now? And I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm going to carve this into that hole. He goes, why? And I'm like, <laughs> just, just watch. And then I try to hit that carve. And instead of a 30 foot, you know, like fade, I hit a five foot fade. And it's, missing the green left right where my feet were aiming i'm like oh right where my feet were aiming and he goes yeah i i don't know man like that wasn't really the shot you should have hit and i'm like <laughs> it looked good in my head <laughs> you know like right dude it's 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 wild to, if you just like play 18 holes and you go back i do this all the time play 18 holes go back and think about like some of the shots where you're like I made this decision and then I thought about it and I'm like, why did I do that? A lot of times I'm like, if I had to do that again, I probably wouldn't have done anything different because in the moment you're like, here's the shot, here's the situation, bang, I'm going to make it. But you don't, if, if you don't have anything to bounce anybody, anything off of, if you're, especially if in your cart, I hate taking a cart. Cause you, it feels like you get, you get to your ball too fast to just kind of process what's happening. Right. So <laughs> you, you get there and you make a decision you say, this is what has to happen. And then you hit it and you're like, well, shit, I actually didn't think, <laughs> like think about what I was supposed to do there. And then at the end of the round, you're like, that probably cost me four or five, six, seven, strokes like yeah okay so yesterday i shot 80 so made a bunch of mental errors and so i probably could have shot a 75 if i if i would have looked at every shot talked to somebody and said all right we're 40 yards here let's not hit a 40 yard shot because if you hit a 40 yard shot it's gonna run right off the fucking green let's hit a let's hit a 15 yard shot fly it up in the air a little bit it'll bounce roll down the hill be right close to the pin tap it in for a birdie or a par if you need to then what then we skied up in there to 40 yards rolls way off the green we got to chip it back up and we get a fucking bogey so it's yep. like the and if we're going back to stats by the way it's <laughs> that that stuff never gets built in the stats either. It's like no. the the mental part of golf is wild that how important it is. Absolutely. It's um, be, like I would consider I would consider myself pretty analytical. You're very analytical. If I can go on a golf course and forget about a lot of analytical stuff, imagine what a lot of these professional golfers are going through when they're out there trying to do analytical stuff. They're not built, most a lot of them probably are not built to be analytical. So they're either no. relying on their caddies to be very analytical or they're getting lucky. 
to be honest. Right. <laughs> so it's like just a quick um thing here. It is hailing here currently. Oh, it is. And there are thunder boomers in the distance. It's not going to be it doesn't look like it's going to be long lived, but there's always the chance power goes out. Nice. Um, but so that is kind of like the whole premise of my bucket system is trying to take that psychology piece you just talked about and apply it to golfers. I'm never going to be able to because you I don't know what's really. in someone's brain, but you can you can look at you're going to remember your round from yesterday. You could recite to me right now. 100%. 70 what how many shots you had 83 shots? You could all you probably could recite to me just off the top of your head 80 of those shots, maybe 75. But then I took, it would take I took 80 little, shots yesterday, I could tell you what happened on all 80. Guaranteed. Right. Well, I was just saying it might take you a little bit longer <laughs> to remember the other five shots that maybe don't come quick to you, but that's what most golfers do. Not not a lot of I I think when you get good at golf, it's I don't think you, well, I should say this. Never mind. Danny Lee is this way where he just goes, I just do what my caddy tells me to do, you know, where he's never thinking about it. He just swings. Mm-hmm. But golf, like when you learn the golf swing, you know, moving your thumb a quarter of an inch to the left or to the right, is going to make a huge difference in your golf swing. Right. If you're, if you're not aligned properly, it's the difference of a, a banana hook or a straight pull. You know, like if you're a cutter of the golf ball and you're aimed, well, yeah, if you're aimed too far left and you just, the ball doesn't react the way you think it's going to, it's probably because of your alignment. And it's just the smallest little things that make such a huge deal. And that's why I was saying like to Quagnus, like anything that might be wrong with you is going to affect you tremendously. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. What if you had like a sore you know, right rib cage or something on your right rib that's going to prevent you from doing certain things in the golf swing. You know what people, people love to say all the time too, is when people go to Mexico and Florida and like all the, all the Southern States where they're just like, we're just going for a vacation. Yeah. It might be true, but I know, and I'm sure, you know, if you're, going out drinking the night before you're going to go play golf, you go out and play golf the next day, your sight line and vision way different than when it is when you're, you're not sharp. Right. So it's like, it's, it's exactly. So now you have to think about, you have to think more about alignment. And even then like the alignment you think you're doing, is your vision the same as what it usually is? So now you're maybe you're five yards left than you normally are. So now you're going to miss it five more yards left. So now instead of a 15, uh, 10 foot putt, you got a 15 foot putt, 10 foot putt, way more likely to go in than a 15 foot putt. So it's like, it's, it's, it's all this stuff is so there's so much stuff that goes into golf yes. that just, Trying to predict it is actually just amazing that people actually think they can do it, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yep. 1,000% agree <laughs> with that. And then try and play it. Yeah. Well, I don't I actually don't understand why people, 
there are people that play that are obviously trying to like make money or like be very competitive with golf but like if that's not you like what what's the point of like taking it very seriously because all this random stuff that goes into it plus you have to if you're trying to score really well you have to think very deeply about every shot and again like we said you and me very analytical even us we forget all the some of the analytical analytical stuff so it's like so you're gonna go out there and then you're gonna hit some bad shots and things are gonna be looking weird then you're getting mad and then you kind of hate playing golf but it's like the game is so hard there's so many things that go into it there's just unless you're unless you think you're gonna be a professional golfer you just you have to go out there and be like i'm gonna try really hard but if weird things happen fine if bad things happen fine if good things happen let's cheer let's drink some beers let's like do this stuff but like just the amount of rage on the golf course for amateurs even is just it's wild considering all the stuff that goes into like actually being good at golf stuff like I agree. Uh, I'm I am hearing the weirdest noise right now outside. What does it sound I, like? Because there I, was a, there was I actually a weird sound last year or last year last night. I kid you not. It literally sounds like the movie Twister, like the weird noises they put in that shit. Yep. It's like that. Yep. It's like what is that? What is that noise? <laughs> You're going to just see shit. Rut, like It's nothing but windows next to me. You're just going to see shit just boom right into <laughs> you know We're going to uh, live forecast or live cast a, a death due to tornado. <laughs> just, there's just going to be shit flying in the window over here and you're just going to be knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Golf is... Uh, I always joke like when I give t- uh, like lessons or tips to people and uh, cause I can, I can see what's wrong with just the one thing that they do. Cause a lot of people only just do one thing really, really bad in their golf. Swing. Right. And it's like, okay, hold on. Let's move your left hand 90 degrees this way for whatever reason it's under the club or, or like uh, some of the girls that I, I teach put like the butt of the club, like right here as opposed to like under their butt or under under their their butt right here. So they're holding it like straight down the middle of their hand. And I'm like, and you can see it when they turn or when their hand goes back, it's just like some weird, like the club goes straight out from their hand. Right, yeah, yeah. And they're like, they're trying to do like some it has weird, to. you know, whatever. It's like, well, hold on. Grip it like a baseball bat. And that's the one of the girls that I, I just gave a lesson to. I was just like, how would you swing a baseball bat? She goes, I'm like, come on. No, 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 no. Don't overthink this. How would you swing a baseball bat? <laughs> she puts her hands on the grip or whatever, and she swings like that. And I'm like, exactly. Now look at where, where like where the club is laying in your hand. I'm like, it's the same thing, but like you, your, your hands will have to go down a little bit. You're not going to cock them like this. They're, they're right. going to have to come down to, you know, reach the ground. And as soon as I gave her that tip, first of all, she then put the baseball swing in her head. So she she goes backwards 
and she goes, or actually, it's better if I show you this way. She goes backwards like this, you know, like up here with the base with the baseball yep. swing, as opposed to you know trying to keep the the elbow tucked or whatever. Yeah, like, whatever. Girls got big boobs. Like I, I, it looks it looks good. You know, I'm not even gonna try to tuck that elbow because I just think the left arm is just gonna like get in the way yeah yeah exactly so i'm like that's fine and when she comes straight down through it the impact is almost uh, it's it's pretty damn good for a newbie you know like she she gets like the 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 shaft is leaning forward believe it or not and she swings through it like nothing and i'm like the first the first time i saw her hit the ball i was just like it's the first time I've ever given the baseball tip. I never, I never, because <laughs> I know it's not a good, you know, whatever to get into, but for, for her, it clicked. And she literally every swing didn't top the ball, didn't chunk the ball, just fucking roped him out there. Like this was at top golf. So it was like, she's only hitting it like 30 yards, 40 yards, but they're all in the air. Okay. Yeah. They all sound good coming off her club. She just doesn't have any speed like going through it, but her form looks really good. A lot of it looks good. So it's just like, now the second time we went out, head is just large. Yep. So confident. Goes up, whiffs. Goes up again, <laughs> Goes up again, whiffs. She goes, what's wrong? And I'm like, slow down. <laughs> just, just slow down. This next swing, only swing it like to 80%. Don't even swing it all the way up. Makes contact with it. She does it again and again and again. And then we switch. And then she goes back after I'm done hitting. She tops the next one. She tops the next one. She, whatever. She's like, what am I doing wrong? I'm like, you're too comfortable. You are way too comfortable. Like, it's in your head already that you've already mastered this. And, you know, you just, you think what you're what you're missing out on is, you're too loose with your golf swing, which that is a thing in golf. You can be too it loose is. with your golf swing. I'm like, shorten it up and just just swing through it. And so she started doing that and actually started hitting it really well after that. But that whole thing I bring up because you and I, we go golfing. We, let's say I pull one on hole two, like hole one. Both of us make great pars. Like we had birdie putts. It looks like we're pros. We get to hold two. Both find the fairway, but my iron shot, I pull it and I miss it on the left side of the green. And it doesn't matter where the pin is. Let's just say the pin's in the middle. I miss it left side. What do you think I'm thinking about the next time I hit an iron shot? You're you're you are definitely worried about pulling it left again. Correct. Right. So I'm gonna make my adjustments. However, I think I need to. Now, if you're playing that hole two and you fucking just park it next to the pin and you make your birdie putt, the next hole, well, first of all, I'll ask you, are you feeling, you know, real confident about your game at this point? Hole, hole two <laughs> into it, you're one under. And I'll probably answer yes, to be honest. Yeah. So you go to that next hole and it might be a sucker pin, but you're like, I just parked it next to the hole on the last one and I, don't see the difficulty being any different on this one. And you mishit it. Let's say you you just you hit it off the toe just a little bit. 
So you lose like five yards and those five yards matter because now you're in the bunker short, right? Yep. And, and you've just, you've just created a fried egg just cratered into the uphill of it. <laughs> so now, you know, for you, you got to chunk it out and whatever. Now, are you going aggressive at it again, going forward? Probably not. I'm, I'm not trying to like, you know, coerce you into these things, but your, I think your thought process is the same as most of ours. And I think this also it applies for to, sure. to the PGA Tour as well, where... It bothers. It would bother JT if he's trying to hit a draw and it doesn't draw. Like, yep. he, and the next time he would needed to hit a draw, he would be like, "Well, fuck, I didn't do it last time, so we got a problem here." What do you think the result would be on his next shot that he hits if he were to miss it? Where do you think he's missing it? Uh, if so, so he let's... he tried to hit a draw, didn't hit a draw, went like straight. Yep, Pro- it's probably an overdraw exactly this this shit isn't it, it it so amateurs are over here scratch golfers get here pga tour golfers bring it in even more but they we, still do it though <laughs> we all do the same thing for sure it just gets mitigated the the better you get at golf but we all do the same thing for sure we're all and we're all mental midgets to some extent too Every, everybody there's I have yet to play golf. I've played golf with a lot of people, a lot of people that I know, and also a lot of people that I don't know. I I kind of like going out and playing uh, playing golf with people, just getting paired up with people if I can. Yep. Uh, played golf funny, with a lot of people. By and, Chad, by the way. What's that? That was a funny segment by Chad, by the way, where he was like, I don't want to go golf with somebody. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't mind doing that. I if I mean if if we had our preference, like I would rather play with people I know than I don't. Yep. But I would also rather play and play with somebody I don't know than just not play. Right. So I play with a lot of people that I know, don't know, and the mental gymnastics that everybody I've ever played with that people go through is it's all the same. Even good golfers, bad golfers, doesn't matter. Yep. I can I can go out and play uh play with a scratch golfer and we'll walk up to a hundred yard shot and be like, oh yeah, I'm about to punch this thing right up onto the green and it'll take a hop or two and spin back and it'll be five feet away. And then it won't happen. Then he'll go to the next hole and it'll be like, Well, it didn't happen last time, so I'm gonna take a little more or a little less club and see if I can spin it a little more. And then you wind up not even on the green. So it's yep. like well, yeah. the, it it doesn't matter who you are. The mental gymnastics are just. I always enjoy in this order nuts. Yeah, I always enjoy listening to like Tiger or JT after a round of golf because they will literally tell you what was in their mind at that particular time. Where Tiger would go, yeah, you know what? I pulled a shot on hole five, and it's just something I couldn't shake out of my head. So like I did X Y Z, and I did that the entire round. And that's why I shot the score. I shot JT will do the same thing. He'll be like, yeah, you know, I had a perfect lie on hole four and I saw a right pin. I just thought I could, I could fade something in there and I overcut it. And it was something that was bothering me for the rest of the round where I just, I couldn't help, but to think I was, you know, overcutting everything or 
I was overcutting everything and I just couldn't, I couldn't shake it out of my head or something to that effect where he was like, if I could go back and do it, I probably would have just tried these three things or whatever. And, and you know, instead of a one under round of, of golf, I would have shot a four under round of golf or something like that. To right. that but yeah. You know what else was interesting about that? So if I play with a lot of people that are 10, 15, maybe even 20 handicaps. So like, playing with a lot of people that are shooting 90s let's say so they go to the tee and they hit a shot off the tee and it maybe it's a duck hook left maybe it's a top off the tee something like that and then they go to the next shot that's very similar and they're like well i did that last time and i'm like well here like Based on how often you play, what your skill level is at, like the chances of you hitting two duck hooks in a row, pretty unlikely, probably. I mean, if if that's just what you do, if you're people are making fun of our friend Brian Kushner today or Kushner today, because I don't know if you saw this, Darbo. Yeah, but he's aiming. (laughs) <laughs> like 20 yards into the water and he's like i had a i had a draw cool and he probably does too he probably slings that thing 50 yards right to left goes right in the middle of the fairway i believe that but if that's your thing and then you like do that and then it goes way right you're like oh that's how i'm gonna do it now if if you're not like highly skilled, you have to trust that like what you normally do is probably going to happen again. So if you just hit it and it goes right, like you hit it off the heel, it goes right, then fine. You can't adjust to what happened because if you do that, then your next shot's going to be probably worse. Well, so it's like shank one. You can't assume you're going to shank it again. You have as long as you're hitting it like off the middle of the club middle of the club face and in a decent direction that's fine but if you're hitting like weird stuff you can't just be like oh i did that once so i gotta way overcorrect because if you way overcorrect they're gonna do something even worse (laughs) so i yes i agree and i think the better you get at golf the more you understand about what happens in your golf swing to make the ball do what it does so uh, someone like a Brian Kirshner, I can imagine he probably early extends. He His hips probably get way out in front of him and his head bo- drops back. And so the club comes from underneath. He's just, he's just, it's it's a common move. I'm sure that's what he's, he's doing. For sure. And it's like, if you were just to give him a simple tip of just trying to get your upper body through the golf ball a little bit, you know, sooner, like I, Maybe you, you start drastic and you just say, try to let your upper body beat your lower body to the golf ball. What will end up happening is he might duck hook it left. He could. Right. For that sure. Would be, that'd be something with his grip then. Right. Like there's, yep. there's simple things that you know you can look at. So somebody on there, I think, commented, uh, you're not hitting a, or you're not hitting a draw because you're hitting a draw or, or Something to do with his feet being aimed in one direction and, and it causing a draw versus something. It's like you're not aiming your feet there to hit a draw. Your feet are aimed there to so, something along that line. I can't remember what it is, which 
yeah, if your feet are aimed that way, but then you also have to look at your shoulder alignment and everything like that. That that it's not a simple thing where if your feet are aimed to the right, you're going to draw the golf ball. Right. And if if your feet are aimed right and your shoulders are wide open, you're you can fucking... you can still hit a cut. Yes. Way yes. left and yes. bring it all the way back right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's and and so like you, I play with all different types of handicaps. Some of my dad's friends um, are, they range between like seven to 22 handicappers. And a lot of them are in that middle 15 to 20 range or whatever. And one of the guys I give all my golf shirts to, like I had like 40 golf shirts at one time. I'm like, well, I really only wear five of them. So (laughs) if you want, you can look through the other, you know, 35 that I have and pick what you like. So anyways, um, I was with him. We were in a foursome and it wasn't a tournament round or anything like that. And I'm, I'm critiquing these guys before they even hit the ball. I said, I guarantee you he's going to hit a huge slice to the right. And I'm trying to say it. So the guy hitting the ball doesn't know I'm saying this. Yep. And this guy goes, how do you know that? And I'm like, well, his shoulders are aimed way left and his club is like how, how he's gripping us. Well, not so much. I wasn't looking at his grip, but, how he sets the club behind the ball, I can tell he has a weak grip. Like it's it's probably gonna start right and it's gonna go further right. Cause like a lot of golfers, what ends up happening is your it's your eyes. Oh, so for like, sure. If you're picturing a 20 yard cut, your target you should pick 20 yards left of the green. What most people do is they keep their eyes on the target, their the pin. For sure. So what ends up happening is as a golfer who slices or hooks the golf ball, what the, the further you aim left, the further you're going to hit it right, believe it or not. Now, there are chances that you square that club face up and it goes left. But more often than not, you're pushing your hands out to the target. Yep. That's what everybody does. They're, yep. they're aiming way over there, but they push their 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 hands, their their shoulders. Everything goes towards the pin. And it's all periphery because you know where your target is. And I, I was working with someone in St. Cloud and I go, all right, so what's your target? He goes, well, the green. I'm like, so what are you envisioning your golf shot? <laughs> he goes, oh, I, I mean, you know what I do. I hit a huge slice. And I'm like, okay, but how big of a slice do you envision this to be? He goes, I, I guess probably towards that house there. And then it's, it's probably, yeah, that's probably going to be on the green. Like, so why aren't you using the house as your target? He goes, because what if I hit it straight there? And I go, (laughs) most of the time you hit all of your shots right of your target. Like this is, and I explained to him everything that I just said there with the whole psychology thing. I'm like, finish towards the house. Sure enough, he hits it. He finishes towards the house. Perfect cut right into the, (laughs) into the green. And, and Hey, by the way, everyone, a cut is when a ball starts inside your target and comes back to your target. It does <laughs> not matter. I mean, if, if it goes right of your target, then that's what we call a slice. That there's, there is no definition of how big of a, a curve you have on it. What's a fade in a, in a, in a slice, a right. slice goes right of your target. A fade comes into your target and same happens with a draw and a hook. So for those listening still, or, or we'll listen to this. That's, that's a definition. So this guy hits a fade. 
probably like 30, 40 feet worth of, you know, whatever looks perfect. Parks it. I mean, there's no backspin on it. It's all side spin. Um, he, he lands it like a foot away from the hole. It ends up being like 12 feet away. He three putts, by the way, because he's, an, <laughs> he's a high handicapper. Um, Putting's hard. <laughs> right. Uh, he, he, just, he got full of himself. He went up, he hit that putt like seven, eight, nine feet by something like that. And he only had a 12 footer. So it's like, dude, what were you doing? Like, <laughs> and then he leaves the next putt short. Cause that's always what happens. That, that whole psychological shit that happens in golf. But anyways, he goes, so I, what, what just happened? How did I do that? And I go, because everything in your golf swing is set up to hit a cut. And, and if you just, if you finish towards your target where, and I always say your apex, where you think the apex of your curve is, if you're aiming there more often than not, when you follow through, cause you have to follow through to hit a straight, you know, to hit a shot where you want to hit it. Yep. For sure. And he goes, Oh, okay. So the next yeah. shot he hits, he just hits it left and it doesn't fade. And it's like, fuck, you know, like, now, now he's just not going to believe that. And, yeah, and he, now he, he's mind fucked. He's not going to believe you. Yep. Now he's mind fucked and he, he can't, you know, whatever. And I'm like, dude, there's so much more in a golf swing. Like this could have been a timing issue. This could have been, you were more confident to hit it left. So you rolled your wrists over and you didn't keep them open, you know, shit like that. And it's just stick to what I told you, find your target, hit towards your target. And then just watch the ball do what it's supposed to do. And that, I mean, that's what has helped a lot of the people I golf with. Just play with what you got. If you hit, right. if you hit, it, if you hit a big slice, you hit a big slice. But yeah, don't good. trick your brain into wanting to hit the target because now you're going to overslice it. Right. And you can't you can't trick yourself into thinking that what happened one time out of however many times is going to happen again. So exactly what you said, like this dude hits a sweet cut. Great. And then he hits, he's, let's just call him a 15 handicap. He's taking all these swings, hitting these sweet cuts on the range, goes out on the course and he hits this crazy duck hook one time. He's like, oh shit, I'm hitting the duck hook all day today. But that's like, that is not what happens. Usually he might hit one or two, but eventually most people that have any athletic bone in their body, whatever they're used to doing, they're going to go back to doing. So if, yep. like I do this, I do this myself. I'm used to hitting off the tee or what actually mostly off the tee, but I'm used to hitting like a relatively kind of straight fade fades like five yards kind of off the tee. Of occasionally I'll hit this weird thing where it starts right down the middle and it just goes way left. Mm -hmm. Massive duck hook. I'm not I'm not going to the next T saying duck hook's coming. I'm aiming way right so I can try and bend this into the fairway. I'm saying I know what happened last time. That's probably not gonna happen again. And if it does, it probably won't happen again after that. So I'm gonna play my normal shot and then I'll go up there and Maybe I'll duck it to hook it again, but whatever. I know that in the next hole or the next hole, I'm going to hit it. It's going to go real high in the air, and it's going to start falling right. So the well, 
a big a big mental error is saying what happened one time right is going to happen again versus what happens all the time won't happen again and and if you even if you even think about so here's the comment i'll say a degree mishit can turn out to be like a 30 yard miss for sure depending on what your speed is well and your speed is very large so your timing has to be even better than anyone else's in order to hit a consistent shot over right. and over again. So yeah, it could have been a timing thing, but even if you take a putt and I think when Cantley and, and Scheffler went into their, um, their playoff at the waste management, the WM Phoenix open, they had relatively the same putt. And the thing is with Cantley, he put a good stroke on it, had the same result. His last putt just had, and he probably made an adjustment to to hit it different than what he did before. But any little small thing, if if even and I can't remember how they charted it, but it's like if you're off one degree, I think ten feet, you'll miss it one foot to the right or one foot off or something like that by one degree. And it, that might be an exaggeration, but it's something like that. It's, it's close. Yeah, 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 it's close. And so then you you think about one degree, and by the visible eye, your your naked eye, if you were to just try to figure out what one degree looks like, you wouldn't be able to figure that out by tilting your putter. You would overdo it because what right. when you when you need to turn your putter enough for you to visually see it, you're probably somewhere in the three to five degree range. You're not even a degree off. And if you're three to five, then you were going to miss the putt further, you know, right or left. So the smallest little things, smallest uh, golf. Dude, yes, yesterday, not that I, not that I claim to be a good putter because I'm not. Um, I had a 31 foot putt yesterday for birdie. Take the putt, roll it way by the hole. I hit it and I'm like, oh shit, that's way too hard. Yeah, hit it rolls way by the pin, and I got like a 18 footer coming back, and I was annoyed. So I I hit the 18 footer. I think I missed. So I had three putt bogey, whatever. Who cares? So it's just me and another guy, and there's nobody else on the course. So I just pick my ball up, bring it back to where I putted from, hit the exact same putt that I thought I hit before. It was like 10 feet short. Yeah, <laughs> like I've. And I, that's what I said to him. So I hit, I hit that putt. It was short. And I'm like, I hit both of those putts. I feel like they were exact same putts. So you, how uh, did this happened. You remember Tiger Woods golf with the meter uh, for putting. Yep. So, and then there was, there was like little hash marks or whatever to help you yep. determine how far you needed to hit. Yep. I always tell like whoever I'm playing with, I'm like, I can only currently hit it between click six and click seven. I, I can't hit it in between click six and seven and click six would be five feet short and click seven would be three feet past. I can't find anything in between there. Right. Like if I'm legitimately like, okay, we'll be a little short on this one. I'm seven feet short. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to put this a foot past the hole. I'm three feet by or five feet by. It's like, I, I don't have that gauge at a certain distance to be like, I can hit and it doesn't matter what I try to do. It's, it's just weird and I can't explain it. I, it's not like a mental thing or whatever. It's not. Cause I'm a very touch putter. 
So I'm always like looking at the hole, getting a feel in my hands. And then I, I set up and I hit my putt and I keep everything like technique is good. And I hit that putt and I'm like, that feels, wait a minute. What? Like it felt good. <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened there? Like just Velcro grabbed my golf ball. And I'm like, yeah. And you know what? It could have been a miss hit. And I just wouldn't know the difference because I'm not that good at golf where I would know the difference between, you know, just being slightly off or not. Right. And you can hook and slice your putts too. You can. You can hit above the equator. You can hit below. You could, I mean, obviously everyone knows about chunking their putter, but you could hit the top side of your putter because of how your putter handle is angled or whatever. And you're not going to hit the sweet spot of that putter. And that's why it doesn't go as far. For sure. And then when have you, you looked into uh have you looked into heads up putting at all? Mm-mm. Where you so you I I can't remember who it is. That's Sasho. I think I think this is a big Sasho thing. He uh he says that if whatever whatever the length of putt is, I th- I think maybe this is probably different this, than how long it gets. What's that? I've done this. Oh, you've done heads up putting. Well, I didn't know what it was called, but I used to look at the hole when I putted. Yeah, so he's he says do it all the time. So no matter what, line up your putt as you would, as if you're gonna look straight down at the ball. So it, I think it's probably helpful if you're gonna like line up the ball with like a line on your ball, put it on like a direction where you think you're trying to hit it, line your putter up to that, and then take your stances if you're going to putt it and then look at your target yep. and then putt it. Yep. If, apparently the like people's strokes gain strokes gain putting goes way down doing that. So the only thing I would say what you, you, any, if you were to try it or anyone listening were to try it is you need to have a very sturdy foundation for because sure. If you don't have a sturdy foundation and you try it, you're not going to hit good putts because if you're wiggling, whatever in your swing like again one one degree changes a lot if i were to hit my putt and i do this number that little extension that i'm doing is going to cause something in my golf swing but if you have a sturdy putt and you're looking at the hole i'll say this the thing that i know that it helps with and when people were making a big deal about sergio doing that i'm like i've done it before it it i it's not like I, I I hit the sweet spot on my putter even when I'm trying, so it's not like I. A lot was of people really, don't, by the way. Yeah, and it wasn't like I was really missing anything on the, on my putter head. I, I never topped a shot. I never chunked a shot. I never like missed on the inside. I never missed on the outside, like hitting my heel or my toe. Everything was pretty much relatively in the straight, and it's because when you're putting, you got to keep everything still, and if as long as you're just rocking your shoulders you're you're not gonna miss and so yeah that heads up putting thing i don't have an issue with it at all it's it's a lot of instinct which i started doing that a lot of putting if you think about even what like bryson does where he's like lining up every couple inches on like a on a ruler yeah even that still he has to have instinct on how fast to bring it back to the ball Mm -hmm. he can he can do all he wants and make all of the scientific whatever he wants to do, how far he has to bring it back. But he ha- there's an instinct in your brain that says, once I get it there, there's a speed I have to bring it back. And no ruler is going to tell you that. Yeah. So 
the the instinct in putting, which is why I think maybe heads up putting is pretty good because if you're just looking at the hole and saying in your brain, like, I think I have to just do this back yep. forward and that will get it there. It's well, it's probably better than people are like, Ooh, I need to get it like halfway past my back toe and then right. do something. And then you, then you hit it off the toe and you're like 10 feet short. And if you're, if you don't get it within five feet, like for most amateurs, you're, you know what I would associate that with? Shooting a basketball. Ooh, now you're talking my language. Well, right, but that's what I'm saying. What I mean, you're not thinking about how far you need to bring the the ball back or anything like that. You're looking at you your target and you're following through to your target. Yep, it's all most of the, most of the basketball shot is, or it's like bags how, too. How you do how you do it with your legs, and then yeah, how you yeah. There's people, a lot of people like in a, in a shot. Absolutely, people like to dismiss like how your arms work in the shot so they're like well just keep it right in the pocket and then use your legs to do the whole thing but they're like when you go like this with your arm there's a whole lot of muscles in here mm -hmm. that are doing work so if they're doing less work or more work ball's gonna go farther or shorter so it's not just oh ball's here let's let's just use our legs and then it'll go right. how far you want it to right. like there's a lot more to it and yeah. it's the same with putting it's like you can the only, the only argument I'd make against that though is instead of the ball being in your hand shooting, you're holding a club that strikes the ball. Like that's oh, not sure. the same as you know having sure. feel in your hands. But I always tell people when they practice putt, always look at the hole when you're practice putting because it's not about technique. Your practice nothing about any practice swing should be about technique. It should all be about feel. For Doesn't sure. Same thing, and and really, it's when you're taking a practice swing before hitting a driver. Well, first of all, I believe in the whole Bryson thing. the The faster you swing on your practice swings, have you ever tried that? Where you just swing three times, super hard. It's usually, get, it's usually what I do. Yeah. Get your heartbeat bump bumping or whatever. I haven't hit further drives in my life doing like without do, or I should say, while I do that because I think I hit a 350 yard drive in a tournament. With no, well, I probably had an aid from like a downhill, but still, everyone that I golfed with was like, no one has ever reached the screen before, right? And like in previous tournaments that I played at that golf course, I wouldn't even, I mean, my ball would roll up into that that point, so I gained like fifteen yards just by like getting my whatever. Anyways, yep. um. It should all, all your practice swing should just be about feel getting your rhythm down, you know, and especially with putting because speed is, I would argue speed is the most important thing with your putts. There's, there's no argument that it is the most important Out, outside of being seven, really bad at aiming. seven feet, 10 inches or something like that, which is where the 50 50 mark is yep. for pros, by the way. That's for pros outside of seven feet, 10 inches, it's 50 50. Once you get outside of that, you speed is the most important thing because speed, if you have even a bad line, it will still get you to two feet. Yep. Absolutely. Speed I is the most important thing. You're to, after you get outside of eight feet, most people, even pros, not making the putt. So what if you're trying to make the putt and say the big problem, big problem that people have is 
I got to hit it past the hole because it never has a chance. Right. Here's the other thing. If you leave it short, doesn't have a chance. If you leave it long, also doesn't have a chance. The only chance you have is if it goes in. So it's like the 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 speed thing is trying to leave it in a circle yep. where you can make the next one. Yep. Speed thing is not trying to put it in the hole most of the time. You especially for high handicap golfers who if you're 30 feet away, three putts are likely. So if you can get it within a two, three foot circle and you can just tap it in, that's way better than yeah. all the other like high handicap golfers. If you use the example of that guy who hit that beautiful cut into the hole, I told you he three putted. He had a 12 yeah. foot putt that he hit 10 feet by. Yep. And he's like, I just really wanted to make that birdie. He He tried to not leave it short. Well, that's exactly to your point. I'm just like, wait a minute. So like your brain just goes like full retard. Like you, you don't, you, like you don't know you're supposed to still apply all your putting, you know, right. technique and fundamentals. A lot of people do that. They're like, they get to, they get it to like 15 feet and they're like, Ooh, I got a really good chance of making birdie or even par. And they're yeah. like, if I leave it short, it'll never go in. So right. they mash it by the hole. Yep. It's like, well, hey, buddy, by the way, if you hit it by the hole, it also doesn't have a chance of going. So like, you want to know the funny thing I tell people nowadays? I'm like, so you were aiming to the right. How, like, what speed do you think you needed to hit that at in order to make that putt? You know, like I always say, did you match your speed with your line on that one or whatever? And a lot of people will be like, no, I didn't. They, well, they have no clue what matching speed and line is. It's part of the problem. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you, you took a very conservative like line and you hit it very aggressively. <laughs> like those things don't, right. you know, match up. But yeah. Yeah. Golf is fun, man. I enjoy it. <laughs> I love, I love the brain, like the, the brain hurdles or the uh, whatever you call it. The mental gymnastics is what yes. I called earlier. Yes. That's why yes. I like playing against people usually like straight up because it's, if you can get in their head, like Kevin Kism, like, you know, like, did you see that with that the, that he likes to eat souls is what he said. Yeah, exactly. I'm when, when we were on that match play thing, I, I don't know if you were just making a shtick about it, but you're like, I don't understand the, I, I still don't, but I'm, and I also haven't played a ton of match play, so I actually don't. I can be a complete dick when playing. And it's like I'm trying to be the nice guy dick, you know, where I'm like, Yeah, you can pick up that five footer. And then when it gets deep in the match, I'm like, you gotta put that three putter out, or you gotta put that three putt or that three footer out. And and I'll always get like, Are you fucking kidding me? Like, sorry, man, you gotta do it. And now they're pissed. And I'm like, I'm cool. You know, I, I, I'm like, good. I want you, I want your emotions just to go up and down and you don't, maybe you realize that I'm trying to fuck with you, but I'm still in your head. Cause you know, I'm trying to fuck with you. Right. And then, so here's, I, the more I've learned about golf, the, like I've learned a lot within even the last like, few months, like in that situation, the more stuff that goes into your head, like the, what I'm saying with a bunch of these other holes that I was playing yesterday, I'm going up to this ball and I'm, I'm trying to take in decent amount of information, like wind, grass type slope, all this stuff. You have to take in all of that. And then in your brain, you're like, 
Also, I'm standing next to this fucking asshole that just made me putt a three-footer. So now you have to think about more things. So now I you I I I know what you're saying. I like before I was like, I don't understand it, but now I'm starting to realize like all the stuff. If you want to play really, really good golf, all the stuff that has to go into your brain to play good golf, if it gets clouded with I'm pissed at you. You're annoying. You're annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if somebody didn't cut the cup correctly and my ball lipped out, you're now have to think about that as well as all these other things. Your brain can only handle so many things. Right. So I'm starting to I'm starting to get into the the situation now where I'm like, actually, may, maybe there are some more mental things, especially in match play, I mean, that are that are a problem for people. <laughs> in anything just like um tiger i'm not i'm not i'm not comparing myself to tiger but much to the same extent with tiger is if you piss me off i'm just gonna get better because to me it 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 narrows my focus more it's like if if i see a guy make a birdie putt he fist pumps and he looks at me i'm like game on all right let's go right so then 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 we're we're playing for keeps you know Whereas before it wasn't any different, but now there's that added, like, you know, I'm going to try to out hit you or I'm going to try to hit a better shot than you on every single shot going forward. And I think I do a a decent job of, if I do kind of suck at that, if I'm not, if I'm not outperforming the guy, I can just like throw it under the table. Like it's not Not a big deal. yeah. Yeah. But I will also, if I'm playing, if I'm playing better than somebody, my whole thing that I'm doing is I'm being extra nice where I, I'll might, I might roll in. No, no, no. I might have like a six foot birdie putt that I'm really confident that I'm going to make, which obviously six feet, you're going to feel confident. Right. Even if there's a break or whatever, if that guy hits his, his birdie putt four feet by, I'm giving him that four footer. Because if I make that birdie, it does more to him than than it does to me. Right, for sure. Because then he's like, "Oh fuck, this guy's on," you know. <laughs> right. Otherwise, if I'm like, "Nope, you got to mark that. I need you to hit that. If I don't make this, you know, then it's like you're not so confident about yourself." You right. Know? And honestly, if I miss that birdie putt, doesn't no matter. Yeah, right. no harm done. We tie. We tie that hole and we go on to the next one. So, I like to play those those brain ninja games when I'm in match play or even in stroke play when it's just me and another guy. And we know we're like, you know, two shots, three shots clear of the rest of the field. And it's just him and I, I mean, I'm not, you can't give him putts, but I'll throw in the nice shot when it's not a nice shot. Right. You know, just to whatever. Or I might say, well, that could have been better. You know, like, <laughs> like a yep. little smart ass comment yep. of, like we might have been buddy buddy up in, in, until the last four holes, and then, you know, if he were to hit a shot into the trees left, I might over exaggerate how much that sucks. Like, oh, dude, that fucking sucks. You know, like, <laughs> right. Yeah, the it's the more you can make people think about what you're saying to them, or what you, what do you more even what you think that you might say to them. Yeah, the the less they have brain capacity to think about what they're gonna do on their next shot. And hey, maybe those golfers don't even fucking care. 
But they might not. To a Kevin Kisner doing that to Dustin Johnson, the carefree Dustin Johnson, fucking smoked his ass. Right. It, and I can only imagine it's the small conversations that Kevin Kisner's having with DJ that we don't see. It might be for sure. Like, hey, pal, that was a nice 370 yards, uh, seven yard drive into the hazard. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> what did it, what did your distance do on this hole? That sucks. <laughs> and then he parks it to a foot, and he just taps it in for birdie. And he go, and then he walks off, going, "Yeah, I guess that distance that distance doesn't really help you at all, does it?" <laughs> right, exactly. And then DJ goes up to the next par five and just fucking overcuts it into the woods to the right. Yep. Where yeah. it is his advantage. He's not yeah. Right. Where it is his advantage, and then K- Kisner doesn't say anything. That's what really gets you because you're waiting for him to say some smart ass thing to you, and then he doesn't. Because he can't. <laughs> I'm gonna let you stew on that shot. Right. I don't need to say anything to that shot. I got in your head two holes back, and you just did that on a hole you have a clear <laughs> advantage over me on. Sucks to suck, pal. You know. It's wild. Yeah. The, the the more I'm playing through, like being competitive, playing competitive golf. I'm not like super long into competitive golf. I'm three You're years. You're easy going guy too, by the way. So what's that? Said you're an easygoing guy. Oh, so like, for sure. Yeah. When you when you were talking about, it, I don't see how this 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 doesn't apply to, or I don't ever see this. It's like, well, then just wait, wait until right. you get into. <laughs> I, know, I know, and I know, and as I've been playing more competitively and thinking more competitively about golf, I'm like, there's only so many things that can go into my brain. Whether it's me putting things back into my brain or caddy putting things into my brain or playing competitors saying things that are going into my brain there's only so many things that can go in there so (laughs) it's like this the stuff i can just keep there that is going to help me Mm -hmm. is it going to be good or is it going to be bad i don't i have no clue but i think if you can start in a match play situation if you can start feeding bad things or feed bad thoughts into your like your competitor's brain they're they're gonna start losing trail of thought on what am i actually gonna do here they're gonna start hitting bad shots you know what you just reminded me of something another good thing to do to somebody to get them out of the rhythm is to talk about things that they like like for whatever if you can get someone to start talking and where they won't shut up about something that they like just like you talking about driving a cart up to their ball or up to your ball, you don't have enough time to process that upcoming you shot. Don't. Yeah. If you can get someone to keep talking about whatever up to their shot, they're also about their shot. Exactly. And like a lot it. of these things I don't purpose like I don't remember to do on a golf course or I'm not purposely thinking about. But if I'm in my groove. I'm not really beating you with my golf shots. I'm beating you with my psycho like psychological warfare. Right. Yeah. I'm 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 a better when the score's closer to par type of golfer. I know if I was on tour, I would never win in a birdie fest. Never. I could as, I could never. As I, am I. I don't make enough birdies, but I can I can grind out pars like no tomorrow. And my best rounds would be I make three birdies. Or maybe I make an eagle and a birdie and then no bogeys. But yep. I only hit 50% of the greens. 
in regulation. And I'm not a good chipper, but everything together with chipping and putting, I can find the hole within par at a pretty good rate, I would say. And it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it works. <laughs> Somehow. Be, like I, be, you can beat people just shooting par all the time. Well, right. I mean, that was that's what Kisner was talking about in that pod where he goes, yeah, you, you thought I sniped one left and I didn't have a shot, and then I get out of that shit and I put it within four feet, and you're sitting comfortable in the middle of the fairway. After I do that, you're spooked. And that's true. Because it's like what when when someone hits a shot, OB or whatever, because uh, two harbors, um, I played in their club championship last year. And I missed champ flight. I mean, it was the first time I had golfed in like two weeks or whatever. I had missed champ flight by two, two shots and I'd never played the golf course before. Um, so I got put into first flight, which is all match play three rounds of match play. First guy didn't show up. So I won that one. Thank God. But I play with the second guy and he said he had got shit faced the night before (laughs) he had played. He had hit so many good shots early that morning for being like probably still drunk from the night before. But I think when the hangover started coming in, he started playing worse. But we get like towards the end of, of the round and he pumps one into the woods. And I'm sure if if you've played enough match play and someone does that, your opponent does that. You're like, thank God I need a reprieve on this hole. Right. The fucker hits out of the woods and puts it on the green it's like a 20 foot birdie putt and you're like (laughs) wait a minute did he did he actually find his ball like what how did he literally i saw that thing go deep in there how did he find it and obviously you go up to the green it is his ball it's the same ball he'd been playing it has the same mark now it has a couple scuffs on it from a tree so you know it's his because he's not just finding a scuffed golf ball in his in his bag maybe he does but i don't think that's what happens and my shot, I have like a 60-yard pitch shot for Eagle, and I put it to 22 feet right behind him. And it's not yep. because I'm brain fucked or anything. It's I have a hard, it's a hard shot, but and that's just how dispersion works. Right. I give him the line to that putt. I miss my putt, he makes it. And I'm furious. I am oh, yeah. super pissed off because it's like I go from you go on that roller coaster of emotions where you're just like, thank God, you know, like you, you go up, you're like, Oh, all I got to do is just practice shots coming in here. I, I just got to make a par and I'll beat him. And he yep. does that. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And it's like, then you hit your shot and you go even further down and then you miss your putt. You're like, all right, well, hopefully he still misses his. And then he, he drains it. And now you're at your, you're just stone minimum that you're stone low, you know, yep. like, and that's all you can think about. Yep. <laughs> and thankfully this guy though, the next hole, he pumps one way out into the woods. So obviously whatever was in his brain from the tee happened again. Yep. And he doesn't find that one and he concedes the hole to me. So now it's like, okay, the last two holes were a wash and now I feel okay because you know what happened last last hole doesn't matter anymore. We're starting new from here going forward. And yeah, I mean that's golf in, in general. It's it's all golf. Just, <laughs> You're right. It is all golf. Wild. All right, man. 
we're we're going on th- uh, almost three and a half hours now, <laughs> and we talked nothing but golf. So we did. Bad, Some, will be somehow. Happy. <laughs> I'm I'm all out of golf. So yeah, same. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna end this, and we'll we'll talk next week. All right, man. All righty. Good talking to you, buddy. You too.